Welcome to this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, where we are foregoing our usual structure and normal ad read and our sketch at the beginning uh, for two reasons. One, it was hard to think of something for Notch, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, that's we'll just own that. But really, um, the big reason is this comes out just a couple days uh, before our Patreon relaunch. Um, I know, hey, Gary, you just said we're foregoing our ad read. This sounds like an ad read. It's really not. Um, this is aimed at people who already patronize us. To let you know um, that once the tiers change, Patreon is probably going to shunt you into a lower tier if uh, if you're at one that disappears. Um, so I just want to remind everybody who listens to us, who does patronize us, go take a look. Go log into Patreon on July 1st uh, after we make the changes live and patronize uh, to the amount that feels good for you. Um, you know, I appreciate it if people who don't patronize us who are listening to this decide to help us out. Um, that's huge. And uh, we do have some cool stuff on offer, I think. But uh, I really just want to make sure nobody gets lost in the shuffle and uh, doesn't get anything cool and no longer gets to go to sleep hugging your Gary and Cole hair dolls and getting that warm, fuzzy feeling you get from supporting your boys. And uh, without further ado, here is Knox. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Knox, which is an action RPG developed by Westwood Studios and published by Electronic Arts for the PC in the year 2000. Yeah, and this is one of our uh, executive produced episodes, similar to our Tomb Raider episode, mm-hmm. if you recall. Uh, this one is one of uh, brought to us by one of our patrons and buddies, uh, Garrett Galuska. Yes. Galuska, uh, who we met in Milwaukee. Yeah, he gave us the axes. He gave us axes to put into <laughs> anime. Yeah. Or Star Wars. Yeah. But as has been told. At, it, at, at the moment, it, it, it found is. found a place. It, <laughs> yep. Yeah, found a place. In, in, I mean, I don't actually have my axe. No, no. I need but, to send it to you now that you're in your, you're, you're in your new place. Yeah, I've got room for, I mean, I don't actually have room for axes, but I'll make fucking room. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is, this is Nox. Um, what a weird fucking game. This is this is strange. I had never heard of this. And like this is one of the kind of best case scenarios for some of these recommendations, which are kind of getting us out of our comfort zone and playing stuff like had had you heard about this before? Yes. Okay. So I knew I knew about Knox. I'd seen the cover. Um I had uh it popped up a lot in uh when GOG was was new. Mm-hmm. Um there were a lot of like, you know, what games do you want us to get? Like they did a bunch of polls. Um, people did a lot of posts on the forums. Like I, I read, lurked the forums for a little while mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, what games do you want us to get? Want us to get? And like, there are all these classics, like for a long time, um, Arcanum was like a, a kind of a crown jewel because it was hard to get the rights to. And that game was very rare. And then it was system shock Two, And Knox always showed up as like, gotta get Knox, mm-hmm. you know? So I always, I knew about Knox. 
um, but never had played it. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because it's I played a lot of like games I feel like are contemporaries of this. Yeah. Like um like Anachronox and like Shogo and you know, a bunch of weird two thousands or early two thousands PC games. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of a very similar ilk to this. Like a like, similar, like a similar or, like production value. Similar production that's a good way to put it. Like a similar amount of weight. Yeah. You know, like a double A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and not necessarily similar in how they play, but similar in, in, in kind of presentation and kind of uh, prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't actually played Knox. Yeah. Before. No, I'm I'm positive that around the time this came out, I probably saw a lot of uh, magazine ads because this was really hyped up, um, mm-hmm. you know, around the time it came out as being, you know, this Diablo killer. Uh, we're going to talk about why that isn't an actual, uh, uh, a, very, a very good it's, uh, term it's amazing. for this. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's amazing to see, uh, read the press about this because, you know, if you, you know, games press has gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this is kind of like, I mean, that's an obvious statement. I think if you think about it even for a moment, but like this really underlines it because the equivalent people calling this a Diablo game is the equivalent of people calling uh deus ex like a doom clone. Right. You know, like they, they, I mean, like not, not quite there, but like they, they, the the similarities are way more superficial than the differences. Yeah. And they never escaped that. <laughs> like even so much, there are people who like reviewed it, did like these flashback reviews on YouTube um, c- currently like this year or, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. And they still say like Diablo like. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of baked into the DNA. And to me, like this, hits none of the things that are, you know, uh, defining about diablo yeah like th- th- this would be a less extreme version of calling Baldur's gate a diablo like yes yeah, yeah. like it's a very very different <laughs> yeah. game um you know and it's and i don't say that it sounds like we're saying this as a qualitative thing and it, you know like i like diablo i don't love diablo but i like diablo um and i like nox like i don't i it's got a lot of problems mm-hmm. it's a weird game but i liked it yeah um it's so it's not a qualitative thing they're just very extremely different mm-hmm um, and it's so of its time. Oh, God, yes. Like, what a weird time capsule this is. <laughs> the main character is voiced by Stifler. Yeah. Yeah. by throw a rock without hitting a Stifler in this town. <laughs> right. Yeah, by Sean William Scott, everybody's favorite, uh, favorite character from the movie where the big brother's LARP is Kiss. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't dude, remember. Dude, where's my Knox? What? Yeah. Dude, where's my Knox? <laughs> He's in that, right? Uh, yes, Isn't I think it him he, and uh, him and I, Kelso. I, I, or... I, th- I think he would <laughs> Kelso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he was definitely overshadowed by the Kutch, but, uh, but yeah. yes, I believe he was also he, he was also puzzled as to the location of his car at this moment. And, and Stifler is also the guy who's in uh, Role Models, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, by, and he's by, great. By LARPing kiss. Yeah, and and that, that's a really funny movie. Oh yeah, it's great. Like it's I, a... I like Role Models quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, also like just a tremendous director on it. So. Oh yeah. Uh, David Wayne owns bones. Yes. Um, yeah. So this, this is extreme. I know this is getting out into way generalities before we get into generalities, but like mm-hmm. the striking and interesting thing about doing this game for the show is like, I don't think we've done a lot of things from this era that aren't stone cold classics. Right. You know, we've done like deus ex and stuff and it's really exciting. I'm really glad Garrett suggested this. Like so mm-hmm. far we're batting a thousand on listener suggested things mm-hmm. because this is something we would never have occurred to us. Mm-hmm. And it's so representative of kind of this era of PC gaming that no one talks about. Right. You know, and it's just, it's worth noting just like and dwelling a little bit on how weird this is. Yeah. It's certainly like when we announced that we were doing this kind of the, the, the general reaction 
Well, the reaction I expected was, wait a minute, what? But what are like, like, where do you, what the fuck are you talking about? But what we got was, wait, really? Huh? I hadn't thought about that in years. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it is. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. It is. Uh, and, and, and cool. As we'll mention, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. So thanks, Garrett. Thank you. Um, I'm glad, like, I love it when we do something that feels risky on the surface and it works out. And so far, we, we've had a good track record of that. So, like, doing these uh, these kind of listener-dictated episodes yeah. uh, have all worked out. Yeah. So, kind of the premise behind this is you're playing as this loser from Earth named Jack, again, voiced by Stifler, um, who's kind of sucked into this fantastical realm of Nox, uh, the most generic name for a very generic place, um, by, by a, a necromancer named Hecuba, uh, who wanted Jack's orb. Yes, yes, so, so to speak. Yes. If, um, if you, Woman servant Hecuba. Um, and this begins like that cutscene that is kind of framing is a tone that is not followed through with the game. Not at all. Uh, in any way. Like it really seems like this is going to be a goofy disc world kind of kind of thing. Yeah. There, uh, there, there is one enemy in the way like the way that they work is a funny joke. Um, yes. And that's kind of about it. It's kind of amazing, actually, like yeah. how weirdly like serious. I mean, it's not even it's hard to even call it serious in tone. It just starts lacking a tone like there stops yeah. being words. Um, <laughs> so this is a, a top down uh, isometric clicky RPG that if you just glance at it, it looks like Diablo. Yeah. Um, but plays very differently as well. We'll kind of articulate. Yeah. Yeah. So when we say it looks like Diablo, you know, it's a 2D game. Uh, it has these pre-rendered 3D sprites. Character animation is pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, something kind of crazy about it where it differs from Diablo is, uh, that it models some physics, like objects in the world can be pushed around or, you know, drawn with spells. If you're a wizard, like this factors into puzzles, um, in kind of a strange way. Um, and also on top of that, they just like, they just throw the particle effects around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, battles are very chaotic because of those, uh, you know, if you're using spells at the very least, mm -hmm. these are the things, but the, that pushing things around, um, you know, it's not used for puzzles that often. It is, you know, that's what it's used for. But it kind of lends a sense of, like, verisimilitude to the world in general. Yeah. You know, like, walking in, there's some crates. And if you walk into them, they move. Yeah. They kind of bump. I yeah. ended up really liking that. Yeah. And, like, uh, it, it adds a level of, like, uh, difficulty to kiting enemies, right, as a caster. Yes. Where, like, you have to be deadly sure that the path you're running along doesn't have debris on it because you will slow down and die. Yeah. And that, you know, if you put that that debris between you and the enemy the enemy can push it out of the way mm -hmm. like it's not like a uh because a lot of play as a caster class in this which both of us did we'll, we'll talk about the class system in a second second um involves kiting yeah like it's a lot of keep away um so uh the other thing you're keeping in mind when you're you're kind of maneuvering around is this line of sight um line of sight is modeled by the system called true sight um which is essentially fog of war um, whatever Jack cannot see is blacked out. Mm -hmm. Um, this is by no means new, you know, like Ultima did this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this is very old, but it's done very well here. Mm -hmm. Very um, uh, fast and fluid. Yes. Yeah. Incredibly fluid. Yeah. Um, the whole game is very, very quickly paced. Yes. Uh, in general and everything kind of, you know, nothing, uh, nothing hangs. Everything more or less happens right away. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the draw distance is, is adequate. Yeah. You know, all those things like there's not it, 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 uh, it works really well for what the game is, which is a fast paced action game. Yeah, I could see watching somebody else play this game being a kind of a motion sicky nightmare because like because of the system, you have just what appears to be these big wedges of black that are spinning around <laughs> as you move. Yeah, you know, because like, you know, it'll it'll like model array around a corner based on the your, your vantage point around it. Like when you're just focusing on your character at the center, it's fine. But like, 
it it it, it is uh it does change large portions of the screen um uh pretty frequently and frequently and quickly yeah yeah um so like we said you can select uh from one of these three different classes uh for jack to play you make this choice at the very beginning of the game i think even before it starts and this alters the story um to a certain extent not as much as uh, i i was kind of sold on actually um because really it gives you a couple of different stages to play um it changes one of the stages in the middle like it makes mm-hmm. it a, a little bit more of a cakewalk than it otherwise would have been because you have to go into a you know, you end up going to your own faction headquarters to get a thing. Um, and then also it changes the uh, the the ending of the game and how the last battle kind of shakes out. And the, the way that it articulates in the ending is very strange because yeah. the ending is actually kind of an aggregate. Like it's it's the character choices roughly correspond to difficulty choices as well. And the ending reflects that. Um, so the easiest kind of class, you get kind of a sub, you know, substandard ending. Mm hmm. Um, and then you get the best possible ending for choosing the most difficult class. Right. So it does add a lot of replay, uh, not so much in the stages, um, as you mentioned, but the classes do play really differently. Differently. Yes. Yeah. Um, each class has different stats, different equipment restrictions, and most importantly, uh, different kind of skills that are fired using the hotkeys, um, which are not the number keys or function keys, which would have been a nightmare. <laughs> it's a ASDFG. Yeah. So um, you can tell this is this is made in a post quake society. Yeah, <laughs> they were they're like, hey, just use the fucking home row, guys. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. Is, which is a a godsend. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous though because uh, it, when we get to the extra show, we're going to hear a story from Evan Noggle, um, one of our uh, Slack members, who was like, oh, Nox, I think I still have the keyboard overlay for that. That's pretty which, cool. Uh, like, what a weird indication of the time that how it straddled those two things. They're like, hey, here's a keyboard overlay. Yeah, especially but it's so um, customizable too. Yeah, which we'll get into when we start talking about the the kind of magic system. So like, it's weird even to have an overlay a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the three different classes. Uh, the first of which is the is the warrior, uh, which is kind of basic, uh, pretty tanky. Uh, you can equip pretty much anything, um, and you're mostly doing a lot of melee stuff. I think that you can't equip. You can't equip bows and arrows. That is strictly a conjurer kind of thing. Um, yeah, no bows and arrows, no no uh, staffs, which right. uh, have kind of magic effects. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, just uh, obvious, pretty, pretty warrior character. Yeah. Um, instead of obvious, having, pretty warrior character. Ob- obvious, pretty warrior. <laughs> yeah, obvious, pretty warrior. Pretty character. warrior. Pretty warrior. Um, yes. Yeah. Crom. Good. Good. Crom. Pretty. Um, <laughs> instead of, uh, spells though, you get these different weapon skills. Um, and instead of having a, uh, a mana meter, you have a, a cooldown on them. So, yes. um, neither of us played through the campaign as the warrior, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, I played a little bit of the multiplayer today, not with anybody, but just to see what the interface was and options mm-hmm. were and played as the warrior and, uh, your base, uh, ability, your charge mm-hmm. goes an obscene amount of length. Oh, Jesus. Like, it more or less goes until something stops you. <laughs> like, uh, reading about this, I was like, oh, this is going to be very underpowered because you just don't have very many options. Right. Um, and I can see the end game being an absolute fucking nightmare because the end game is a nightmare even for stronger classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, it looks like you actually do have kind of like a little bit more mobility yeah. than, uh, than originally, it seems like. Um, the Conjurer is the second class. This is the one I played through the game as. Um, he is a, kind of like a druid or a ranger. Um, and, uh, it's all about, um, he's really interesting and we'll get into kind of the, 
I think this is one of the more innovative things about the game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to snake it from you. No, you know, no, I that's just, fine. I didn't know anything about them when I chose it. I just started really early. First come, first serve, man. You started the game before I did. Yeah. I just, yeah. And it's just, you know, just like, uh, like which one of these, you know, looks the best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's two in the morning. I'm not going to bother Cole and, you know, get your permission. To, so uh, I chose the Conjurer and he's, he's actually very interesting. And the, the kind of uh, innovations in this game, I think, tend to be linked to him. Um, so you can use a bow and arrow or magic staffs or a weapon, which is pretty, pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, the arrows have a wide array of status and elemental effects. So being able to use a bow and arrow is actually like a really big deal. Um, can cast spells, not as good as the wizard, but the biggest thing uh, is that you can uh, early on charm, but eventually summon monsters mm-hmm. um, essentially by finding, finding pages of the in world monster manual. Yeah. So once you know enough about a monster, you can uh, charm it um, and then you have this kind of rudimentary uh, kind of point build system. You have four slots for monsters and monsters can take one, two or four like points, mm-hmm. you know, of that. So you can have like a bunch of small monsters. You can have two medium monsters or one large monster yeah. or any combination that you know adds up to four. So mm-hmm. uh, they can also build uh, 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 these little bomb trap guys, yeah, which yeah. wizards have an ability that's similar to that. But these ones are animate because you're a conjurer. So they have feet. Yeah. Yeah. So they can like just uh, they're like bob bombs almost. Yeah. Real cute. Yeah, yeah. No, if I was starting, I would have picked the Conjurer as well, because that uh, that, that does seem substantially different um, yeah. than just kind of click on a thing and it dies. Like being able to summon and kind of have your team of Pokemon with you uh, sounds fucking great. Well, and the fact that it's not just summoning, it's also charming. So, like, mm-hmm. you can turn the tide of battle uh, and you it's it's a legit strategy to do that. Like, you need to, uh, you know, in the middle of a fight, you lose one of your guys that frees up a slot. Mm-hmm. You want to fill that slot if you have the monster manual page. Yeah those guys as soon as possible because it's it's you know it's a bigger swing than initially seems it's not only adding an ally to you but it's taking away an ally from the enemy yeah and you're doing Um, a lot of fighting of like demons and monsters and um animals and stuff so like it's not (laughs) it's not like eventually it becomes you're just fighting dudes who you can't you almost never fight dudes yeah like occasionally there's one mission that i did where i was fighting a lot of warriors uh but like other than that you just had these um necromancers you know who were Mm -hmm. like mid bosses yeah. yeah 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 um so the the class that i played as is the is the hardest one so brush off shoulders um this is the the, the wizard uh which is so fucking squishy oh my god uh the, the number of times i just died in one hit <laughs> if, it, if it makes you feel any better that happens all the time with the conjurer as well yeah yeah so the couple of things like we should i mean i'm not trying to cut you off here but just a no, couple no. things for people who are listening to this and they're like this actually sounds very interesting. I would like to play it and listen to this episode after I give it a shot. Um, I would still recommend starting with the conjurer. Yeah. Um, you PC quick save functionality. So nothing in the game will tell you about a quick save. It's F2. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, quick save like mad, mm-hmm. like B you have to have a save discipline that is very, very, you know, regimented in this because the game will pull some shit. <laughs> and you will have some guys who just hit you with lightning and you just explode. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you die, I love it. You explode in every item you own <laughs> falls on the ground and everything can only take up a certain spot spot. So you can literally fill the room with potions. Like, <laughs> um, but it can, it can just happen. And like getting used to that took me a little while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm sure that happens more with the wizard, but I bet you that even happens with the warrior. Like I bet you that's yeah, yeah. just a function of the game. Yeah. It felt um, it, it was kind of humiliating, like later on, like fighting these tiny little imps and one single fireball would take me out if I did. Those took me out, too. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like so. So the wizard does not have um, any equipment they can put on. It's basically just robes and uh, they can just equip staffs um, and then a couple of like lighter pieces of armor, like like boots and helmets and stuff. 
Um, mm. But, um, you know, your primary benefit from this is you can use every spell in the game, um, including some like environmental manipulation stuff like uh, teleport and uh, push and pull and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and your defensive vocabulary is pretty much just, um, do you have the right kind of elemental protection spell up? Because that is that is kind of the only way that you get any armor um, is by, you know, just kind of making sure that you <sighs> maintain that. Um, and so you can also channel these spells into uh, traps that can kind of be laid in the environment, but I didn't find a lot of use for it in single player. There were not a lot of times where, like, I knew there was an enemy coming up and I would have, like, the, the ability to batman like or bioshock like um you know lace the battleground to my advantage right and like very so things similar to that i ended up using a lot during boss fights hmm. uh, in this game they were with my walking traps but a lot of boss fights uh boiled down to me kiting an enemy around a, a piece of geography like a you know a sarcophagus or what have you in the middle hmm. of the room yeah and i could see the traps being useful then uh, because the ones I had that moved didn't make that big of a difference since the thing was chasing me. Yeah. Um, so I definitely got chased, but it could have been, you know, it could have been different encounters or it could have just been, you know, different approaches because I yeah. didn't always do that. So I remember like using that, but I used a lot of other things as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you have a tremendous variety of stuff that you can do as a wizard. It's not just like, hey, here's a fireball and here's an ice ball. You know, you get uh, just like a like a basic magic missile that homes your your fireball is kind of difficult to aim and uh, hit detection in this game is really weird. It's kind of inconsistent whether you have to click on the enemy's feet or their head to get it to go. And a great number of my fireballs just whizzed past an enemy and that sucked because it was a it's an expensive spell. But like eventually later on, you end up with lightning that'll chain everybody in the room and like earthquake and you know math death mass death rays and things like it's it's pretty empowering um as long as you're able to keep your mana up yeah yeah the um the way that you aim so i imagine aiming spells is similar to how you aim arrows mm -hmm. which is also uh the thing that i had and i don't know if this was a, a breakthrough that you came through was i stopped aiming at guys mm -hmm. and started aiming like chose chose it as a direction like i just need yeah. to press in the direction yeah. So I would click somewhere between me and the the enemy I wanted to hit on a line, yeah. and I would still miss from time to time. And with arrows, it's less of a big deal, even though some of those elemental arrows are very expensive and valuable. Mm -hmm. um, but it became about uh, so I was it was kind of interesting because I was missing a lot. Yeah. Um, which is a bummer, but it, it accidentally emulated a tabletop feel to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I could you could still adjust your aim. So, yeah, you, know, the same, like, you know, I could see where, you know, and again, this is an arrow thing rather than a fireball thing because mm -hmm. I had a lot more arrows. Yeah, that's a um, I think that's a downside of the way it was developed, because, I mean, this is a bullet point later on. Uh, this was intention uh, initially designed uh, to be played with a gamepad, almost like a twin stick shooter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when you say you need to pick a direction, that's that's absolutely right. Like if you happen to be, you know, aiming at a person, you also happen to be pointing in a direction relative to your character. And there are levels of like click on that or like it quantizes in a weird way. It's not like eight directions. It's more like 16 or something weird. But yeah, like there will be enemies that just like ride in between the different radiuses or vectors that you can pick. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, like that it is it is frustrating when you whiff like that. And it's about yeah. uh, positioning like that even extends to you can't just click on a piece of ground that you want to move to. You have to like click and hold and your character will run in whatever direction uh, the mouse is pointing relative to their to their position. So you're like kind of uh, just pulling them around instead of directing. Yeah, them. yeah, with with the right click. Yeah, uh, button. The um, I I didn't run into that quantizing effect. Oh, 
um, for things. Like I could always adjust my aim to hit somebody. I might whiff the first time, but if I adjusted it, so I still missed, but I think that was more just everything moves really fast in this game. And I had to get like this specific spot. Yeah. But I didn't notice like a 16 point, you know, directional quant quantization. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in my place, but who knows what it actually it could be a class thing. It could be the way that spells work re related to uh, arrows and things. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, um, but yeah, and this, and this would actually play great with a, as a dual stick shooter. It would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that, that would actually be like a really great, like if this had a, like a really robust modding community, which it would mm -hmm. take like huge, you know, it'd be huge to do that because yep. you'd be modeling the mouse look, which I don't know if you can do that, but mm -hmm. it would be, uh, it would play really well. Yep. Um, we should talk about mana. Um, we should, yeah. As, as, as a conjurer or wizard, your lifeblood is uh, mana, and the way you get that back, um, you do get potions like you do in Diablo, but rather than chug them like it's like there's no tomorrow like you do in that game, uh, you really want to use those for emergencies and rely on these natural growths of crystal Yeah, um, that are patterned around the level. Yeah, or um, when you're in man-made places, um, like towns or castles and stuff, they have taken these mana crystals and kind of put them in these enclosures. Um, and this, I think, also... Um, is is a huge thing that, uh, that 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 changes the pace of this game. I think it definitely changes the pace of the game, um, which is like you want to like run back to these or know where the nearest one is. And I often found myself like leading enemies back to this so I could fight on my own um, on, on my own ground, like running in between them. Yes, yeah, I would do the same thing. And and a conjurer trick, and this would happen. I I think that the wizard does get the summon mm -hmm. spell. At some point, did, were you able to summon enemies? No. At any point? Okay, so that is, that is a unique uh, conjurer thing. A conjurer tactic for this game, and it's kind of a cheap tactic, but it's one I used in the later areas, which were really hard, uh, would be to summon something that was a real serious thing and set it to patrol. Mm. Um, you have, like, really rudimentary AI for these uh, these creations, um, and you could set it to just, like, hey, go find stuff to kill. Mm -hmm. And I would summon, like, a, you know, a gigantic rock golem, send it to go kill, set for a minute, you know, watch its little life bar go down <laughs> while I'm next to a mana crystal and do it again. Yeah. And it was like not a, a super engaging way to do it, but I would say like this game is well balanced and genuinely fun for about two thirds to 75%. Mm -hmm. And then the last third or quarter of it is real bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this is too dense with enemy encounters and, and too repetitive and mana crystals are too far, you know, few and far between. I'm running low on resources. Let's uh, let's cheese this a little bit. Yeah. So that uh, and initially that patrol setting I never use. I just had things mm -hmm. guard me. But that patrol thing is actually very useful. Yeah. Um, especially if you add uh, those traps. Like if you set down a little bomb guy. Um, we didn't talk about how those work. They uh, you load them up with spells. Mm -hmm. So you can choose uh, three spells to stick into a trap, and just have him run off. And like the first one he runs into, he'll blow up and, and kill. Um. Ended up being very useful. And when to use that strategy, I hovered around these mana crystals. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, I would also, you know, draw enemies back to fight around them as well. Yeah. Um, the they, game is at its best when they're frequent. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, a, a real fucking slog um, when you're in certain levels, like the warrior fortress where they are basically just hidden in caverns between these big arenas. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which makes sense in the world. Like they wouldn't have those. Right. However, <laughs> as a gameplay consideration, it sucks. Yes. Um, yeah. Based on what you're saying, Conjurer is definitely the way to play this game. It, like, it's 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 a lot like it seemed, you know, I didn't play the other ways, but it seemed a lot less friction mm -hmm. uh, to me. Yes. Um, one big way that this differs from Diablo is in the loot system in that it doesn't really like lean on that that much. Um, I could I can only speak to playing as a wizard, but like most of the gear that I got ended up being um, 
robes of different elemental resistances and they either didn't feel like they made enough of a difference or the amount of difference that they made uh, was not worth me going in there and like micromanaging it. So whereas Diablo has different colors of loot and you're pretty much always upcycling stuff in this game, it's just, okay, is this thing worn out? Well, I'll just replace it with the next best thing and then sell everything else. I'm even, so the conjurer can wear robes Mm -hmm. and like when I wanted elemental resistance, I would wear a robe. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, or no, I would, I'd wear capes. Capes have that, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I think that there's definitely, there is a difference because they have, um, different adjectives that you know different on its quality. So it's like either fine or mighty mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, so there's probably, you know, it's possible that that isn't true of robes, mm-hmm. you know, like robes might just be of lightning resistance or anti-static or anti-shock or whatever it, it's, a. Called, yeah, it could be yeah. like they just have the elemental resistance tag as opposed to a qualitative tag. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the equipment, so the the play with the warrior, I imagine, really com- concentrates on this. The play with the conjurer does a little bit where you are doing a little bit of that churn. Yeah. Um, where you are getting, you know, equipment is actually very important. Like going to a new city and upgrading your equipment makes a really big difference. The thing that makes it so different from Diablo, though, is it's not randomized. No, no. Um, you, you know, these are set enemies that are in this level that is a set level. So another mm-hmm. thing that's not randomized and uh, they will always drop this equipment or this equipment will always be there. This town will always sell this. Like there aren't there's no random element. So there's no slot machine. Right. To it. There's no um, slot machine and therefore no skin, no Skinner box, which is what Diablo yeah. is. Yes. Which I, I appreciate because I don't like slot machines, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a game mechanic. Like I that really, you know, loot drives me crazy. I hate it. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, I like that. It's just kind of like, oh, if you go here, you find the thing. And the game actually does, you know, in kind of microcosm, like demonstrates why that, you know, at least you know, the, the principles that make me think that is a superior way to do a game because they do, they will hide meaningful treasure mm-hmm. behind things. Yeah. Like there is a, uh, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the levels are the same. There was a puzzle um, where there was a staff um, around a bunch of traps mm-hmm. that I eventually cheesed enough to get to. Um, and then I looked online and if you're the wizard, you can just telekinesis it. Yep. Um, I get it, but it was like a really good staff for where I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, oh, if this had just been a random piece of level loot, uh, that would suck. Yeah. You know, like, no, this is actually useful. So I, I did a challenge and got a reward that was meaningful. It wasn't like <laughs> I did a challenge and got a pull on the, the one arm bandit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a game that has doom like secret areas. Like if oh, you're tons spe- of them. Yeah. If your spell goes awry or you, you know, an, an errant swing hits a wall and breaks it down in a weird place, like you will get in there, you will hear a sound effect that will say secret area X of Y found and you will get um, some really good gear, like outsized leveled gear for where you're at, um, along with like a bunch of, you know, potions and things like you want to seek these out and like yes. try and read a level to see where like logically those would be. And for the most part, you can, Yep. you know, like you can, it does a really good job of like, this is a suspicious dead end. This probably mm-hmm. has things or like what I, you know, ended up really enjoying was like, Hey, I'm in this, this like kind of story based, uh, like tavern or what have you, what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And you go behind it and there'd be this little yard with, you know, a little, a little secret. Like you could see, you know, there's a little side yard yep. that's hidden behind some branches or whatever. Like if you, if you peek at the corners, if you look in alleys, if you look in the, you know, the corners of basements, you'll find shit. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I really like that kind of reward for exploration, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if I'm going to go somewhere, something should be there. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, there um, are like whole swaths of level that are optional in these, like, here's a whole gigantic graveyard that you can go into mm-hmm. and like attack headstones and get stuff off of the back of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it is, it is great that there is intentional design put in, put into this. 
Yeah, I think I think that that makes a big difference. But again, it's not a Skinner box like yep. like Diablo is, and and it can't you know the levels aren't random. Nope. As we mentioned, to support that secret kind of thing. That's so the two things I think of when I think of uh, Diablo, or the three things are missing here. Mm-hmm. Um, where it is uh, one, it's not random levels. Two, it's not random gear. Three, it's not character build. Right. Based because the control you have over your character is your spell loadout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the spells and the equipment you buy, but not uh, stats. Right. You, you level up in this game, and it makes a big difference. You get more health and, and more mana, but uh, it's just experience-based. It's not, um, I'm going to choose this ability or that ability. Yeah, there's no uh, skill tree. Yes. Um, so it, it is like, it couldn't really be, the way I thought about it was like a mouse-controlled overhead, like Zelda almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, overhead action RPG yeah. is what it is. It's, it has nothing to do with, with Diablo. Mm-hmm. It Again, it has superficial resemblances, and it was marketed as such, but like, it ends up, playing differently enough that like if you're like me and you're kind of mad on diablo this is an easier recommendation like you might have been scared away from this based on the initial resemblance or what i think probably happened more because nobody's heard of this game is people who really love diablo and played this and was like this isn't (laughs) fucking diablo and then you know forgot like threw into the memory hole Mm -hmm. um one of the uh, the systems in this game I find really frustrating that I don't Ooh. think adds a lot is uh, equipment durability. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that before and like how rare it is that that works. Um, it Bre- can be done well. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, yes. Um, Dark Souls 2 on uh, the first six months after release on the PC, no. Yeah. And and Nox, no. <laughs> yeah, Nox, no. You know, uh, Shadow Tower, hell yes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, so, so it just means that the more you use a certain piece of equipment, the more they break down. This is fine when you have this kind of rhythm of like town dungeon town dungeon again mm-hmm. for the first two thirds or so yeah when that breaks down and you are deeper into the plot and deeper into the kind of the mouth of hell you know you know the, you're you're deeper into the necromancer's plans mm-hmm. they're doing uh you just have fewer opportunities to repair equipment mm-hmm. um which would encourage keeping spares around but if you keep spares around like you have limited inventory and selling extra garbage mm-hmm. is a big part of this loop so it just kind of doesn't work Right. Every time something broke, I got very frustrated. Like I'd be, I'd have my guy running around. I get hit by something and all of a sudden I wouldn't be wearing a shirt. And I was like, well, well, fuck, you know, like <laughs> I like that piece of equipment. You know, it, it had uh cause it's not, man, it sucks that you could only do robes as a wizard because the mm-hmm. equipment, um, in addition to having those adjectives that are qualitative as far as defense would have like weird properties. Hmm. So like there are a bunch of them that gave you regeneration, um, a bunch of things that gave you additional speed. Oh, nice. Uh, things like that. So, like, there's a lot, there's a little bit more to the equipment system that it sounds like you were able to engage with. Yeah. For me, it was pretty much, um, I was coveting every single charge on my wands or on my yeah. staves because, like, there were some of them, like the sulfurous staff of X or whatever, that would fire these um, very rapid firing, uh, like, little magical bolts that would, like, reflect around, um, but did mm-hmm. very little damage. Or if you got any kind of staff that mimicked an actual spell, you would have like 20 casts and that was it. And to repair it and recharge it, um, it would, uh, you know, cost more than any other single thing in that shop when you got to Mm -hmm. it. So you were constantly just churning through those things and dropping them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You really fucked me, Gary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I did. Uh, You know, it was just uh... (laughs) a... I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose, but I'm not going to also say that it uh, wasn't not on purpose. Yeah. So <laughs> get used to getting fucked. You, you can tell how you can tell how mad I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but durability, big thumbs down. 
Yeah, I, I kind of just wish this wasn't a, a thing. And we, we, we lose more than we gain yeah. from this writ large, I think. Yep. You know, so. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about the Mana Crystals. Let's talk about the development. So uh, Westwood, which is a studio that people might know from um, Command & Conquer, uh, mm-hmm. they kind of envision this as this online fantasy combat simulator. Um but they took a different tack than Diablo did. They they kind of built all kinds of competitive modes from these first-person shooter archetypes. So, like, Capture the Flag is here and King of the Hill. Like, this was kind of intended to be, I don't know, like, whatever the year 2000s um, equivalent of eSport was. Well, and here's the weird thing, right? Like, I realized as we were getting ready to record this, I was like, oh, I don't know anything about the multiplayer from this. Um, so I went online and watched a bunch of videos. I, like, dipped my toe in it. It looks kind of badass. Like I could see this actually working really well mm-hmm. uh, with that because it's so fast. It's like really, really chaotic. Um, I played a couple of the modes. It's they're pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you just have different fortresses there and they have rooms full of treasure. So there's and you auto equip. Yep. Um, so you kind of run into these rooms to kit yourself out and then like defend your flag in this very fast particle effect filled, <laughs> you know, spell slinging uh, uh, kind of battlefield. I bet you it works really well. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I would. Sign on to do it. I was like, do you want to sign on to the Westwood, Westwood, uh, Westwood Connect or whatever? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, but sadly, <laughs> you know, I, I can't do that. Yeah. But I can imagine, like, if you can get this working, you know, with, like, Log Me and Hamachi or something, mm-hmm. um, I could see this being very fun. Yeah. Um, and people uh, – it does have a small but dedicated uh, multiplayer community mm-hmm. um, that I, I saw online. Yeah. But I could see it being really fun to have these really quick, fast, intense matches, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, with this kind of uh, you know three three different classes that play very differently. Like I imagine, in multiplayer, depending on the mode, the conjurer gets kind of boned mm-hmm. um, because there's nothing to conjure. Right, right. You know, but if if it starts you with a few ma- like monster manual pages, like I could see that being the classes being almost kind of well balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, because if the warrior gets a couple hits on either of you, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> um, but you have so much range. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the warrior, the warrior having to like time out, decide when he wants to use his charge. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see it being pretty deep. Yeah. And, and, and I think it really it really shows that the development started as this. Yeah. And if you're fighting against a wizard, you know, trying to capture their flag or something like the wizard would be an amazing defensive player with the traps yeah. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it, it kind of sucks that we miss that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be a pain to get it to work. Yep. You know, it kind of sucks that we didn't uh, go through that pain. You know, because we, I mean, we we do single player here. That's more or less the watch out for Fireball's way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's uh, I like that it's out there and I could I can't see myself playing this game again just in general. Right. Um, you know, this is this is in that category of like this is a decent game that I never need to play again. Mm-hmm. But I could see myself dipping into the multiplayer or if like say I went to like I got invited to some kind of Shadowland party, you know, <laughs> and, and there's like a Nox machine like I would have been way into a it. A Nox machine. <laughs> there's a Nox machine at the Shadowland party. Yeah. I think I'd probably be pretty into it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a fun, like a, uh, like gimmick event, uh, kind of night, yeah. like a PAX or, uh, you know, something like that. That'd be, that'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they also released an expansion pack for this called Nox quest. Um, that had this co-op campaign kind of included with it. I'm not sure if that was part of the, uh, part of the GOG release that we got. Um, I rolled up it a couple. Okay. Yeah. I rolled up a couple of like, Hey, um, here is like a server that you started and you have like a limited number of, uh, of spawns that you can do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed kind of basic. It was it was like, uh, you know, here is here is just a big a big fortress that you want to go into, big castle. No real story. It's kind of it's it. arcadey. Yeah, 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 you don't go through the main campaign with a with a person. Yeah, that's another big difference that. for uh, Di- from Diablo as well is uh, this complete de-emphasis of co-op. Yes, yeah, which is which is ultimately a bummer. Like yeah. that arcade co-op is less compelling to me than going through the main quest. Yeah, I think actually going through the main quest of this with another class would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to set back and support a warrior. Like I think it would be very fun. Yes, uh, in especially in the kind of late game of this. Yeah. Um, like even with, um, man, the conjurer sounds like a really good, uh, kind of interpretation of the, um, necromancer from Diablo two actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's an interesting take on it because it's, you know, you don't, you don't start out until you actually find that, um, find that monster manual page. Uh, you can start out in an area very underpowered, mm-hmm. um, because all you have is your bow and arrow. Um, it's before you can summon things. Uh, you can just summon those little traps, which like, only happen once, you know, only go once. Um, so you can be very underpowered. And then once you find that page, the level turns mm-hmm. uh, and opens up in a really interesting way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So development of this began in 1995. Um, yeah. So there's a long development time, relatively, uh, with uh, technical director Michael Booth wanting to make this gauntlet game, as we mentioned. Um, there's a couple interviews with uh, Michael Booth mm-hmm. uh, that are out there that are pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, again, just showing how game journalism has changed. Yeah. Because it, there's a lot of like just questions are like, what makes somebody want to buy? Why would someone buy this instead of Diablo? <laughs> you know, like it's, they cannot get under Diablo's shadow. Right. Um, and one of the things that came out in the interviews I read is that initially um, this was going to have a much greater emphasis on story mm-hmm. um, than it ended up actually having. Oh. Uh, at least in my play experience. Like there's definitely a story here, but Michael Booth brings up the uh, brings up the story quite a bit in interviews and it turns out to be kind of an afterthought. Yeah. I think in the actual experience. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would, I would like to at least see what he intended for it because it is very short and it is very kind of rote. Yes. Yeah. It's, inc- it's incredibly rote. And the, the kind of charm aspect of it that starts in the beginning is not cached. No, you know, that would have been a, a cool direction for this and is genuinely surprising when it pops up. It just stops popping up. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I'm looking at Moby Games for Michael Booth, and uh, like he has a design credit for Knox, but not much after that. Like he did some additional engineering for Command and Conquer Generals, makes sense, you know, for Westwood. But then his his only other like big credit would have uh, was a uh, um, Half Life Counter Strike in 2003. Mm. So like when when Valve took that um, kind of internal. Mm, interesting. Yeah, like Westwood in general is like a really interesting studio. Yeah, um, we've. I mean, I'm. I feel like we've definitely got some Westwood ahead of us. At some point, because like, you know, the Kyrandia games or the Westwood kind of template of adventure games is one of the, you know, the standard adventure game kind of things we haven't touched yet. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know, doing a Kyrandia game would be cool. And then I have some affection for Command and Conquer, like those, you know, Starcraft and Warcraft are obviously better games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Command and Conquer have a real goofy charm that I, you know, that yeah. comes with dealing with real history and the real world stuff and just making it absolutely bonkers <laughs> um, that I think is, is really worthwhile. Yeah. Um, the only Command and Conquer game I ever played at length was, and I'm sure that would make people huck rocks at me if I said that out loud. <laughs> so fortunately, you're editing this out of the podcast, right? Yeah, I'm going to edit right? that out. I'm okay, just going to cool. bleep it out. Okay. Um, just that, like, you're going to say the only Command and Conquer game I played is beep, and, <laughs> and we'll see what it is. And then everyone will just assume you said pussy. You're <laughs> <laughs> like commanding and conquering, I do. <laughs> I don't want to conquer a straight pussy. Straight up slaying pee. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, uh, Westwood, uh, just you know, looking looking back, they made uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. yeah. So yeah, which is which is pretty different than Kyrandia. Like it's yeah, still yeah. like I'd still like to do uh, one of the Kyrandia games at some point. Yeah. Um, but they're they're an interesting like they're a pretty interesting studio, I think. Yeah. Um, I played through the first person shooter that's based in the Command and Conquerverse. Oh my gosh, Tiberian or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, I play. Yep. Yeah. Or no, Renegade. 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 Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I played Renegade. Um, because they they put out a uh, Command and Conquer box set, mm-hmm. um, you know, at some point, and I bought it because I like those games, yeah. and uh, ended up playing through a bunch of them hmm. um, at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just like, Renegade, what's this? And then opened <laughs> it up, and it was a shooter, and I was just like, well, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> that you know. was a, like a like a huge vaporware kind of thing. Like that was a, a little bit the Duke Nukem Forever of its time. Um, mm-hmm. not or the that. Starcraft Ghost of its time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more direct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Knox didn't, uh, didn't go anywhere. No, um, Knox, Knox died on the vine. As we mentioned, they talked about a sequel a little bit, but Westwood got dissolved, uh, yeah, you know, shortly after Knox being published. And, uh, and as we mentioned, the fact that so many people listening to this have probably never heard of this, uh, kind of supports that it went away. Yes. Um, EA, uh, I, I think as of right now, EA still is sitting on the IP. But who knows? Mm. Um, not yeah. that the not that there's an awful lot like unique and special about this particular IP that uh, mm-hmm. means that any other high fantasy um, or mid fantasy thing would not uh, would not be able to just like do the exact same thing with the with the serial numbers filed off. You know. Yes. Um, so we might to make a real quick note before we get into the meat of this. Um, mm-hmm. So there are two different like mildly different campaigns. Um, I have to eat a little bit of crow on this because I did not take robust notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my contra walkthrough i also played this a long time ago because i was getting ready for this move mm-hmm. uh, that i did so i got very ahead so um i'm gonna kind of after chapter three uh, mm-hmm. my levels are more or less the same right um the generality is the things about enemies and such are going to be the same regardless right so uh we're going to kind of ping pong as the way i would like to do this if you're okay with this goal yeah um talk about i'm gonna let you kind of talk about the chapters get us into it. I will mm-hmm. comment on, you know, the enemies and things are the same. And I will give a little postscript that what is different for the conjurer, um, which is not a lot. Right. And almost nothing after chapter three. <laughs> um, so, and that way, you know, we're still getting both sides represented, but I just not, did not take robust notes. Yeah. So um, this will uh, kind of be more reflective, at least in these first three stages of the, uh, the wizard playthrough. Yes. Um, with, with a little conjurer aftertaste. And not a whole bunch with the warrior. Um, at the end, we can kind of talk a little bit um, about the. I mean, we can talk about the major difference that happens in the chapter with the major difference. Yeah, yeah. In it, but uh, looking at it, the beginning of it um, is like three combat dungeons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's two combat dungeons, and then uh, the town uh, that this is centered around Ix. Yeah. Um, Ix of Knox. Um, <laughs> on fantasy these are the, these are the letters you got to use yep fantasy scrabble surplus like 10,000 triple yeah <laughs> um yeah but it's just kind of two two combat uh arenas mm-hmm. you kind of start out yeah and a uh, one that is specifically a uh kind of a gladiatorial combat thing yeah kind of interesting but uh we didn't play it no so i kind of thought at the end of this because this game is short i was like oh maybe after i do the conjure i'm so far ahead i'll play through as the warrior and the end <laughs> left a bad taste in my mouth so i didn't yeah Okay, well, cool. Uh, tell us a little bit about the plot. Yes. Um, well, this is where most of the charm is um, in the opening, um, because it's really the only point where there is much plot to be spoken of. So we begin with this dark sorceress kind of chanting over a pool, uh, talking about summoning an orb. 
Okay. Um, already, already pretty good. Like, yep. the, the time to orb ratio is very low. <laughs> yep. And I'm sitting here, um, coveting my own orb. Um, I'm, I'm mm. coveting it with a, with a microfiber cloth because I do not want to leave fingerprints on it and re- reduce its scrying capacity. But, uh, but yeah. yes, I think my orb is right over here. Let me yeah. see. Oh, here we, here's my bad boy. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't leave him in a, in a box under, a, under a bed. Yeah. My milky orb. <laughs> my milky orb. It is. I've got mine is very specifically a milk orb. Like Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's a milk orb that can turn into like, ooh, it's strawberry milk, lime milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's muscle milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that name is so gross. <laughs> like it's it's like it's like something that like if you told me that there was a, a chemical mm-hmm. that like was actually in your muscles. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like mostly blood and, and, and tissue and stuff, but there's this kind of like chemical lubricant that comes through that's called, you know, something, something adine, but we are AKA muscle milk. Yeah. And then well, it becomes about like harvesting this from strong boys. You know? <laughs> it's like the beginning of Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's just like flexing, you know, having this little tube and then there's they just flex. Like, like flexing Joe and Nikki's hanging upside down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, it's weird because your muscles make lactic acid, right? That's why you yeah. get sore after a workout. No, no, mu- muscle milk just sounds like a really bad euphemism for cum. Yeah, it really does sound like yeah. it does sound like cum. Yeah, the uh, um, <laughs> but muscle orb or milk orb, <laughs> milk orb. Yeah, yeah, milk orb doesn't sound that's, that sounds delicious. At all. That's uh, a yeah. that, that's how that's how they give milk to their kids in Canada. It's like it's like what um, milk duds are just rejected milk orbs. Mm. They're they're off the line. Like these, they, we don't need these their ones. These duds. Yeah, these are these are these are not the good ones. These are the ones that it was a result of a factory accident, like egg drop soup <laughs> or Kellogg's cornflakes. Like oh yeah, um, yeah. So she's talking about this orb. Yeah, uh, she really wants. Yes, um, and she is kind of like summoning, like she's reaching into the world of the man that we saw in the trailer for the game, um, and she is uh, frustrated by her own candle vendor, right? So she got some substandard candles, factory reject candles that have made this more difficult than it ought to be. Let's talk about the world of this man, of Jack, for a bit. <laughs> Let's get into Jack. I think Jack is like the postal guy if the postal guy wasn't evil. Right. Like he's 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 like a, a benevolent uh, slob. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is how I describe Jack. Yeah. And, you know, I was I, like, did they ever explain how he came into possession of a mystic orb? No, no. I think he, maybe he just found it and he thought, hey, this will be good on top of my TV. Yeah. Like it really, it really brings the, you know, I don't know. It, it's very strange to me that he has this orb mm-hmm. that happens to be from another dimension that this, uh, that Hecuba wants to summon. Yes. And I, I really expected in the game, I really expected them to do more with that. Yeah. Like, and for him to question it. Mm hmm. You know, but he, Jack, that's not how, that's not Jack's way. No, no. He's um, more, he, he's more concerned with staying below the eye of Sauron from Tina. Like, oh no, yeah. she's a real battle axe. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit better or like it was not as bad as it could be with yeah. that. Like it, it's not as like married with children as it could be. Yeah. But I think it's definitely an influence. It's like that kind of situation. Like, you know, live, you live in some kind of poverty. He's sitting yep. down to watch TV. Um, She's summoning and she's like, ah, you know, the summoning isn't working. Um, Tina asks, like, she's like, Hey, do you want bacon with food? And he's like, uh, you know, you bet, you bet, you better bet I do. Or something, you know, Stifler yeah, yeah, says, yeah. cause he wants that bacon. I don't know if she's just making bacon and that, yeah. that's kind of implied later. Like he's just going to eat dinner and it's just going to be this plate of bacon. I would be lying you know, if I said I didn't just eat like four slices of bacon for a meal. <laughs> so. I, I, I can't do that. It, I can't do a, a, I need something to soak up a grease meat like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like I just, I, I have to put it on a sandwich or at least put it over toast or like mm-hmm. just bacon is too much for me. I know that kick is not welcome. And you're not welcome the on the Spencer's. internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to step foot in a topic. <laughs> Because I know I don't toe the party line, but like, yeah. the, um, I just, I can't think, just do pure bacon. Think Geek redirects to uh, Disney.com when you try and go there. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's blocked. <laughs> it's like when you try to, uh, I, I just recently learned this, that if you try to uh, scan uh, a currency in Photoshop, it stops you. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of spooky. Yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. And that's what it's like when I try to log on to Think Geek. Yeah. Because they know I'm not going to appreciate their like chef's you know bibs with with the word yep. bacon on it and then maybe like a picture of a pig yep cap caffeinated bacon uh bacon chapstick yeah yeah well <laughs> 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 i think geek is such a weird like I, I feel like about like if i go if you go on the if you did like a, a roulette right mm-hmm. you would be just as likely to find something i think is kind of cool oh yeah on I, there. I, like there I, are tons I, of kind of cool things i've gotten i've gotten in trouble for making fun of think geek <laughs> <laughs> in the past in trouble i mean like one shitty person on a forum was like Meh. but um but yeah no like there's some cool stuff on thinking and i still like i like their catalogs an awful lot like you can yeah, you can just like get those and look at them but like one of my favorite things is a um you know favorite things in my house uh is a cthulhu doll that my high school girlfriend brought for me my senior year mm-hmm. yeah it's a think geek original yeah you yeah. know there, there are lots of things like that that look neat but the, the worst things about it are the like the kind of garbage they shovel in to fill in space in a loot crate, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the dumbest things from think geek are yeah. really dumb, you know? So it, it, it's like the worst of its fans kind of thing. It's like, I mean like TV tropes are like, yeah, like yeah. That, you know, it's, it's, you know, the worst of it is extremely bad, but there are still, there's valuable things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, my, uh, yeah. my, my bag for college was a, uh, was a bag of holding that they sold. Yeah. It was like a, like I, a messenger bag. This a bag of holding. It was a fucking great messenger bag. There's, they're really good bags. I wish they weren't branded as such, even yes. though I love D and D. Yeah. You know, I just like, it's, it's more that I'm embarrassed about the think geek part of it than I am the D and D part of it. Yeah, yeah. But they like, they, they look like really, really nice bags. Mm-hmm. They have like attract, like tons of attractive things. There's like a USB charging. Uh, I've been playing Starcraft two a lot and there's like this, uh, Protoss pylon, a USB thing that mm. just looks like a beautiful light. Oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this just like looks like a beautiful light. I like I like beautiful lights. <laughs> um, you know, so there's all kinds of stuff there, uh, but not the bacon flavored chapstick or like no, the caffeinated no. beef jerky that also tastes like bacon. Or like, <laughs> here's the thing that makes your ice cubes taste like bacon. <laughs> just like it's just salt. People. <laughs> yeah, it's just salt. <laughs> the secret ingredient is salt. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so Jack Jack is a is a is a think he's a think geek. He's a think geeker, loves bacon. I would not turn yeah. down bacon, except it was if it was offered at a Bob Evans uh, or similar diner type place, and it was an option between that and a sausage patty. Mm, yeah, patty's good. Yeah, yeah. we'll do we'll do breakfast chat later. <sighs> Man, I'm I'm yeah. I didn't have breakfast hungry? today. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit hungry. Um, I, I've had some stomach problems today, but I didn't have breakfast. Um, mm. And so, like, I, I actually am. I have a breakfast-shaped hole in my life. No, so... Um, it's Jack, most important today. Yeah, J- Jack really wants his bacon, uh, but uh, Hecuba's summoning go- goes through, and he gets kind of sucked through the TV, grabs a hold of it, and brings it into Hecuba's world, which happens to be the world of Nox. Yes, and the world of Nox, right off the bat... Um, he gets summoned onto an airship. There's no parody as to where like he uh, is in the real world versus where he ends up in Knox mm-hmm. with Captain Crunch. <laughs> and Captain Crunch uh, accosts him 
about uh, being on his ship. Like he threatens to throw him off the ship. Uh, just, you know, Indiana summarily Jones style. No ticket. Yeah. 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 No ticket. Like, I will, I will summarily execute Jack. Um, but gets fascinated by his TV and the amount that Jack takes this in stride really sets that tone that the game does not follow up on. That this is going to be kind of goofy where like everyone, you know, questions things a little bit, but more or less just accepts it. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the only dialogue we get from Jack. Like there is no stranger in a strange land, fish out of water element to the story. Like Mm-mm. you, you, you decide which master to pledge yourself to. And you end up going through and doing this regular fantasy stuff. And so like, you may as well not even be Stifler. Right. <laughs> like Stifler fans will be disappointed. <laughs> Can you imagine being like the Sean William Scott super fan who like bought Knox? <laughs> yeah. And then it was just like, he barely talks. It's like people who love uh, Keith or Sutherland playing Metal Gear Solid five, like, mm-hmm. you know, paid by the word. Yep. Stifler. Yeah. No, no, just through the entire install process, waving a pennant that says Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. Seventy <laughs> percent. Um he even this bacon, the single issue voter uh, aspect of Stifler even extends here where he says, you know, he, he just wants to go home and Captain Crunch is really fascinated with uh his TV. He's like, What is this viewing box? Uh and and he goes, Well, if I give it to you, will you take me home? Like you know, Tina made bacon tonight. Uh, so like he's got to eat his big pile of curated, uh, you know, salt meat. curated meat. Yeah, curated artisanal. Yeah, artisanal yeah. You, you, salt, you, you salt get it pig. in a box for uh, for thirty dollars a week. Yeah, meat meat crate. Yeah, yeah. From from Think Geek. From from Think Meat. <laughs> <laughs> or Meat Geek. I like Meat Geek better. Mm, meat Geek. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, there's that there's, there's that podcast sponsor that's like just custom charcuterie that they send you every month. Yeah, I mean, that, like it's amazing that thing pops up. Like, yeah. who who has a charcuterie budget budget like that? <laughs> there's a hot sauce one too, where it's like we send you like multiple of the like the the best hot sauces, and like uh-huh. I love hot sauce. Yeah, hot like, sauce is good. Food. Yeah, the idea that I'm gonna eat you know four bottles, four plus bottles of artisanal <laughs> hot sauce a month, yeah, like, is insane. <laughs> You know, you, you need, I, okay, so here's me making prescriptions for regular people. I think you need at most two kinds of hot sauce in your home at any given time. And I replace those bottles probably once every six months is, yeah. the, is the depletion rate. I've got a bottle of Cholula. For a year, a, not a month. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bottle of Cholula, bottle of Sriracha, and, like, that is fine. I love going yeah. to a restaurant and seeing what kind of hot sauce they have on the table. I will mm-hmm. always do like a little smattering of both to see which one is uh, more to my more to my taste. But, no, I don't need a box. No, a, a, a crate for that is crate culture. Yeah. It's very bad. We're stalling a lot because once we actually get to the main game, like there's nothing to talk about the architecture. No, like, this. no. I'm not They're stalling. Just I just want to talk about food with you because I'm hungry. <laughs> well, and it's fun to talk about food. Yeah. The, um, yeah. The, uh, uh, another watch out for popcorn balls. It's the side cast <laughs> along with teenager bags, uh, teenage popcorn bags. <laughs> the size side cast for that. That's what movies, not a, not oh, gross. um, yeah. So this is, uh, the, you know, it's the start of the game. This captain is kind of going to be your constant companion who ferries you from place to place and hooks you up with, you know, these uh, different masters. And uh, well, and explicitly he says, I will take you home, but I have a little thing that I need help with. Yes. And that makes me think that this change in development mm-hmm. to be this kind of like little favor to this world ending super threat mm-hmm. that the game is, that it actually deals with. Because this, this the tone and his kind of expression of just like this is a minor favor it seems kind of tricky. And then after this, he's just like, young lad, if you can get to the, you know, <laughs> the staff of horrendous, you can actually take care of the sorceress. Like yeah. it becomes a He-Man episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when, it, when it should have been just like secret of evermore. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so he says, you know, I mean, your help with this whole thing. And then it switches to this character select screen where you, again, you pledge yourself to these masters mm -hmm. and you do uh, one of three little tutorials. Yes. So as a wizard, I pledge myself to Horvath, um, who takes me into chapter one, who is the master for, uh, for channelers. Conjurer Aldwin. Okay, there we go. He is a character in my campaign. Um, and warriors pledge themselves to Lord Horrendous. Lord Horrendous is really great. <laughs> he, has, he has he's an important part in the 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 plot. Mm -hmm. He's a boss for you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just watched him get owned. <laughs> um, he, I did not have to fight him. Yeah. He feels neutral about conjurers, but um, yeah. So you do this little tutorial thing, and it's always a tutorial mm -hmm. uh, for every character. Um, it just kind of articulates in different ways. Yeah, yeah, because, like, I, no matter what you're trying to get, like, for me, I was trying to get to uh, Galava, which is where the Tower of Illusion is. Mm -hmm. um, for you, you were trying to get to Ix, right? Yep. Ix, okay. Ix is my my hometown. I got a hat with Ix <laughs> in, like, the New York font. Uh, yeah. So I heard Ix. <laughs> yep. The, <laughs> go, go, the fighting axolotls. Yeah. <laughs> the axolotls of Ix. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, for me, you know, I'll just go, go go in here and give my kind of summary for chapter one. Um, the captain tells me, hey, you need to go find Horvath the wizard um, and become his apprentice, you know, so you could live in his tower. Like this is, you know, a place, a, a way for you to kind of gather some power. Um, and you kind of end up on this tutorial beach where you end up getting your first couple spells, um, missiles and magic. Um, I love the it? idea of tutorial beach as like, yeah, tutorial Hey kids. Wazdy moves you around, but not now. Hang up and everybody do now. Tutorial beach. It just happens to be the, the, the environment upon which my tutorial took place. Yeah. Uh, you get your first spell, uh, Missiles of Magic, um, <laughs> not infringing on copyright, <laughs> even though they do just straight up have beholders in this game. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> you eventually make your way and you get to uh, Horvath's home. Um, and he tells you about these urchins, right? Who are these little imp type dudes who mostly just hawk rocks at you. Um, and Horvath uh, shoes them off, and he wants me to find his existing apprentice who has kind of gone into this urchin cave, which is a uh, a very simple dungeon. Uh, these urchins, you know, they will stay um, uh, kind of a, a, not at arm's length because you could just hit them. They will stay a couple, you know, about a screen's length away and throw rocks at you and laugh like Chester from Syphil and Ollie. Um, and it's, you know, kind of your introduction to ranged combat uh, with this homing spell, right? Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of a uh, couple of introductions of like wizard type um, wizard type uh, environmental manipulation. So you have these water barrels that'll put out um, that'll put out water. You have a, a jump button in this game, which is super weird. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. It's very underused. Like yeah, I, I so much so that you get to a point where you have to use it, and I totally forgot that I had it. Oh yeah, because it had been like five chapters since I used it. Yep, it's very strange that you can jump in this game. Yeah. Um. But this um, but this level ends up being just a regular kind of dungeon where you have to end up finding the right uh, color of key to get into the cell. So this is very much a Doom or Commander Keen id style game where it is just about finding the right key to get to a place. Not just, but uh, a large portion of it is. You know, that's how they gate things. Mm -hmm. um, and there is this big revelation when you find the apprentice that, hey, a necromancer has been using these urchins to kind of harry the communities around the city. Um, and Horvath accepts me as his apprentice, um, you know, in his dead apprentice's stead saying, ah, you've got some potential anyway, let us go to Galava where we can, um, get things right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 
a lot of the kind of stuff that felt like you deal with in that chapter is in the conjure chapter two. Okay. Um, the conjure chapter one, um, you are, you just kind of are plopped in some caves that are, uh, in trouble and are collapsing that, uh, are on the outskirts of X. So you had to make your way to uh, the first like three chapters or first uh, chapter and pr- most of the second chapter is about finding your your uh, your master. Like you don't actually meet him yet. Hmm. Um, you make your way through these caves. Uh, you do a lot of the same things as far as dealing with uh, urchins and uh, finding out this physics with the you know the water barrels that if you attack them they spill water, which can put out fire. Um, you have to jump over some things, etc. But it's pretty bland. Like you just go through this cave that is full of signs that tells you know tell you what to do. Yeah. Pretty much. And that's chapter one for uh, Conjure. Yeah. Um, chapter two for me um, had to do with going to Galava Castle. Um, you know, Horvath says, hey, go out and shop with gold that you don't have. <laughs> um, and, then, and then meet me at the, at the Tower of Illusion on Spire Street. Uh, the streets are not named, so I pretty much just went into every single building and looted all of them because no civilian cares about it. Yeah, you, you want to destroy everyone's crates and get into everyone's gold. Of course. In this game very much. One of the things I really like about the interface of this is that when you're not close enough to pick something up, the uh, the hand turns into like a come here. Yeah, yeah. Like a like and, hit me with your best yeah. shot kind of logo. Yeah, come on, get over here. Like turn <laughs> turns in this like you know, and and uh and I, I appreciate that quite a yeah. bit. It's the, it's the gesture Cypher makes in the opening of uh, Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is that is what happens. Yeah. Like, wait, all since I talked about I thought about Seifer. Yeah. Like, I've been thinking I've been talking about Final Fantasy VIII a lot, but like Seifer oh, is such a non presence in it. <laughs> it's you know, it, it's weird that I haven't thought about him a whole lot, even though he's yeah. ostensibly like a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, and then turns into not a villain, etc. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah. For, for for this, it just kind of ends up being a couple of uh, fights around the city. Like I I fight some casters and some spiders. Uh, brought by a summoner, a soul gate um, inside of a temple. Um, I, I fall through a shitload of holes to get to a magma level. Like it's uh, just all over the place. Like these, uh, it's it's a pretty big city that I end up fighting around. Um, you end up hearing some uh, incidental dialogue from people like, hey, horrendous has banned all mages from the city. So, oh, Horvath uh, made me a fucking outlaw. Good job, <laughs> buddy. Yep. When you're a regulator, you regulate Horvath's property, and you're damn good at it, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, what's something we should mention is that all the dialogue is spoken uh, yes. in this game. So when you run into townspeople, like, they actually have lines. Uh, mm-hmm. And they have kind of charming, again, like that kind of goofy character, their portraits, even if what they're saying is not goofy. Right, right. And these little portraits in the lower right. Uh, some uh, some reviewer I looked online mentioned that one of the, or the shopkeep usually looks like Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, now I can't unsee it. Oh, yeah. You know, like you do get to buy arrows from Paul Giamatti constantly. So, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the thing you're into. It happens here. Oh, what a thoroughly unpleasant man. <laughs> Paul, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real, like, like, wet round boy. Like... <laughs> Like he's like a, he's like if you took like a human equivalent of like you like made a snowball but with mashed potatoes and then you rolled it around the floor of a barber shop. That's, that's Paul Giamatti. Talented man. No, I'm not drinking my lowe. Talented man, not pleasant whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um eventually I get to uh get to the tower. There are a couple of like side quests in these big areas but there's not not an awful lot like a follow-through on them i noticed they're, they're very they're very basic yeah and th- this yeah. is true for the whole game even though they kind of dry up and, and disappear mm-hmm. as the game you know kind of develops a sense of urgency but it tends just to be like hey you know uh one of my friends went out to a cave 
and you go in the cave, there's a wolf there, you kill the wolf. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! And then, you know, the, the person will either kind of the reward tends to be gold, uh, nothing, or the uh, the person will fight with you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, which is kind of cool. Um, at least uh, this campaign dealt, had quite a bit of like um, allies. Yeah. Uh, that would show up, especially in kind of the mid game. And that was always like pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this one, like the most entertaining side quest by far for a wizard is you walk into a laboratory and there's another dude who's uh, doing brain transfer experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, hey, when I walk into this area, pull this lever um, and uh, you transfer him into a frog. And he says, ooh, uh, n- now change me back. This is the experiment was a success. Um, and then he can't go back. And he's like, oh, don't tell Horvath about this. And now he is stuck as a frog forever and will probably die in a couple of months. Yeah, like a frog does. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Uh, no bummer. Yeah. So for me, um, my big quest here is Horvath tells me, hey, go to the lost library um, in the bottom of this uh, of this tower to find the Amulet of Clarity and the Book of Oblivion because um, the monsters in the area are getting much more um, aggressive. And down in this basement library, um, a necromancer who was sent by Hecuba comes in um, and takes the Book of Oblivion. And this whole dungeon um, is all about chasing him down. Uh, using the swap position spell to get out of traps that he puts you in. Like you, you know, the, the, those lets you like literally just change places with any small monsters that are in the area mm. uh, that, that, that are in sight. So cool. Um, and then finally it ends with a, with a boss fight against the necromancer. Um, and uh, before, before you can finish him, he decides to run away. He falls through the floor into a troll den and you mm. follow him down there. And this is where you find um, a really entertaining enemy. These trolls, that are tough, you know, they're bigger and have more HP than most stuff that you fought so far. Uh, definitely more than the urchins. Um, and when they die, they, they fart, uh, for probably five minutes, not really five minutes, probably more like 30 seconds. Uh, but they create this, uh, poison cloud around them that will give you the status effect of poison. Um, so that is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, well, it's interesting, uh, because the, it lasts for a little while. So it changes the, um, the area you have to kind of maneuver around it. Um, a lot of times you want to con- focus fire on these things and kill them first, but there'll be other enemies. Other enemies can get poison if they walk through it. So you can manipulate other enemies to walk through their fart cloud. Yeah. Or you want to or, make sure that they don't die right in the critical path. So you have to walk yep. through it and then soak an antidote. Yeah. Um, or uh, when you have um, conjured uh, animals like you do as the conjurer, you want to try to keep your people away from it, which is difficult because you can't give them direct instructions. Right. So like you have to kind of quick, quickly switch their AI to uh, whatever. The, I think it's guard. Is that it's like I think it's guard, escort, and patrol are the three things you can do, and guard means they stand in one place. Right. So these end up being kind of a tactically interesting enemy. Yeah. Um. Not you know it's not high you know it's not, it's not like the height of of enemy design, but judging on a curve, like they were interesting to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But this dungeon ended up being you know trying to escape from this you know the 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 under levels of this entire library that have gone to seed. Um. It's like a short dungeon full of trolls. Uh. These spiders that will slow you. Uh, from a distance and also these kind of butterflies that will throw barbs at you and then mm. eventually you get up to the top and say hey I, f- I found the book i found this amulet what next chief yep and chief gives you your next mission yeah um it sounds like the wizard campaign is generally quicker paced oh. um not just is it harder because of the your verb set but like so when in the as the conjurer when you get out of those caves um you end up in ix uh a necromancer teleports in and sets a bunch of kind of monster uh, giant spiders on the town um, right away, but the guards make short work of them. Like it's not, you know, the guards are on your side. 
you get a long kind of period of being able to explore this town and do side quests. Um, there's like an archery contest you can do to get some money. Hmm. Uh, the mayor's house, uh, the mayor is trapped in with spiders, so they won't let anyone in and presumably won't let him out as well. Uh, it's very weird. Like there's a guard outside. He's like, yeah, the mayor's, you know, he made his bed. You know, he, <laughs> he gets to live with these spiders now um, until eventually you find Eldwin who lives in a, a cottage outside. And he says, hey, these spiders are a big problem. There's an underground tunnel uh, under the town and they've also gotten to the mayor. If you can help out the mayor, that's great. But definitely go you know, under town, underground and clear out these spiders. Uh, and it's very gentle. Like you don't fight a necromancer. Um, you don't run into the trolls yet. It is. I mean, I don't think you run into the trolls yet. Um, it's mostly about finding out the loop that is uh, starting out fighting the spiders, getting the monster manual page, being able to summon the spiders. And it's teaching you how to manage your your ads, like manage your pets. Mm-hmm. Um when it, so the way that articulates in the game is when you cast the charm spell, um, if an enemy of that type is in range, you don't have to aim it. Um, you will just kind of start like a little beam will uh, appear between you and the enemy. Oh. And you have to stay within a certain radius of that enemy until it completes. Hmm. So it can be really tricky. Like you come in, there's four or five spiders. It's a big deal. Um, you cast the spell. It randomly picks one of the spiders and you have to dodge the other ones while not being too far away from the spider that's being charmed. Okay. For the charm to take take effect. Hmm. Um, pretty neat uh, the way that works. And it, for a long time, you can only charm spiders. Eventually, you get some other. I think you get bats as well, but bats are worthless. Uh, right, right. In, like, one hit. You know, would um, use your points on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you do if, if there's nothing else. Oh, of course. You know, like things, you know, things like. But uh, it's a real basic spider dungeon. Uh, and then the kind of boss, I guess, of this area is this like gigantic. Uh, there, there is like this beast that is in the mayor's house, like along with the spiders. Like a. <laughs> And uh, the mayor's having a real hard time. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. There's this beast in the mayor's house. <laughs> There's a beast in the mayor's house. Um, and that, that's a little bit tricky because you're in a very small area. So you can't uh, you can't kite people. And I'm not good at uh, shooting bows at this point. Yeah. So, But it's mostly a very relaxed chapter hmm. that involves like checking out Ix. Yeah. Uh, because the conjurer goes back to Ix several times. Yeah, there, uh, Ixian, Ixian outskirts. <laughs> there's um, there's a possibility that I just did not spend as much time in Galava Castle, um, as I as I otherwise would have, and that I just focused on, uh, getting to the combat dungeon faster than you did. There's no problem with that. Like I initially was thinking that there would be a uh, a little bit more in the way of side quest and kind of flavor. Yeah, you know, so I spent a lot of time talking to everybody, but mm-hmm. it, you know, didn't necessarily pay dividends really. No, no. So, um, so the last of my um, wholly unique chapters is chapter three, A Dangerous Errand, um, which is uh, Horvath saying, hey, this amulet of teleportation is is late. You know, he commissioned it, but it is not uh, on its way. Um, he, uh, he's worried about this other mage who lives in the wilderness, Stravis, uh, who was working on it. And so from the basement of this um, of this tower, you end up riding down an elevator and moving through these uh, uh, caverns that are full of spiders uh, to get to the woods where Stravis lives. Um, and this is a very long dungeon that also introduces, did you have a lot of uh, like boulder pushing in yours? Um, Yeah. 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 So uh, not only is our uh, physics um, uh, modeled, but there's also like elevation changes. And if you come up to a, what, what appears to be a dead end, it's worth pushing against it because sometimes you might be able to push a boulder out of the way. Um, and, uh, and then they get beyond it. However, those will roll downhill, whatever downhill yeah. is in this orthogonal pro- projection that you have. 
it's also worth talking about elevators. Yeah. And how weird those are, because they actually end up making a difference, probably more so with a conjurer because I'm worrying about more guys. But yeah, yeah. Um, elevators are for these very kind of small platforms that rise up and down. There's no fall damage. So if you're going down, you know, you just drop down and you're fine. Getting up, like especially in combat, um, is really tricky. Like sometimes I'd have to make a, I'd go down to an area. There, it'd be full of guys I couldn't take. I had to make a tactical retreat and you have to yeah. be positioned really, really accurately on this elevator. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. you will just if, if you're going down, you will just fall down this pit. Um, and if you're going up, it will just push up past you and you will be stuck. Yeah. Or it'll just it'll just shunt. Yeah, it'll shunt past you and you have to wait for it to go because they're on this like you. some of them you turn on and off, but they just kind of go on this regular interval. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're inelegant uh, is the, the best way I can put those things. Yeah. It's just very odd to see a physics object in a 2D game like this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Getting used to that takes a little while. Yep. But yeah, I get to this cottage out in the wilderness and I uh, see that Stravos is dead. Um, and along with this, I get ambushed because he has been killed by these um, kind of agents of Lord Horrendous. And so this is my first real fight against dudes. Um, and this is the first real time that I encountered some of the limits of being a wizard, which are like every single encounter is deadly. In a way mm-hmm. that, like, in a Diablo-like, it is not. You know, normally you just kind of soak hits, and there is this constant kind of churn of loss and recovery. No, here you have to, like, make some very some, some very on-the-spot decisions about the way you want to uh, take these encounters on, right? And so this is where I started adopting a strategy of, like, kite, kite, kite. Like, run these guys through the forest that they can't really navigate with their pathfinding and then pick them off as I recover, uh, recover MP. So, yeah. So yeah, they're like, and that carries through, through pretty much the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't hate that. Right. Like no, it sounds no. like a, like a down, like a negative, but I don't like Diablo is especially melee combat in Diablo is you just stand next to a guy and, and hit them and, and wait, you know, yeah, use yeah. your use your 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 mega attacks but just tend to be like oh this is an aoe you yeah. know that's what i got this is a buff um this kind of like weird uh running away picking guys off hitting them when you can um you know for me like trying to charm things to put them between them like the actual combat loop was surprisingly pretty fun yeah yeah um it lost i mean it definitely doesn't it's not fun for the whole game no right no. so like i don't want to overstate how good it is but i just want to say that like this this action of like you know it it Sounds negative, like oh, I had to you know manipulate their pathfinding. No. Like I couldn't actually stand toe to toe with them. I think it's kind of good that you can't stand toe to toe with enemies. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't either. Like as as a conjurer, I was less fragile than that. But I also, you know, instead of one hit dying, I would die in like three. Yeah. You know, and the enemy, everything attacks really fast. Oh, in this game, everything so happens so. very quickly, like, and you get yeah. you get ganged up on. You know, again because very everything is, so. is is physics modeled. If you get surrounded, that's it. Yeah. You know, if you explode in all your all your <laughs> earthly possessions, what <laughs> lay out in an orderly grid on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So I wish there was a way for them to encourage that kind of loop again, you know, uh, of kiting things around and, you know, playing to your class's abilities. That was not so high stakes. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure I there's so a way too. to do that, but like it did end up getting kind of frustrating um, until it, until I became numb to it. You know, and yeah. I don't want to become numb to any portion of a game, you know? Yeah, I, I that's I am with you. Like, yeah. it's it's not perfect. It's just not not a travesty either. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the person who led this uh, this attack is a mercenary leader named uh, <laughs> Gilgore. 
I must said Kilgore, but Gilgore. Kilgore. Yeah. I mean, oh, that, oh that's less uh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but you end up fighting him in these tunnels below the cottage, uh, and he sticks his men on you. Um, the big difference with uh, with Gilgore is that uh, when you're fighting him, he can block. Uh, and that blocking mm. also uh, applies to spells. So your attack windows become much more uh, constricted, right? Because he can just kind of fend them off. Um, so this was mm. a very difficult fight. And, like, I don't generally enjoy doing a quick save in the middle of a fight. But, like, if I got a good hit off on him, I would quick save because I was not sure that if I started right before this, I would be able to replicate that success in a very... Um, dependable way yeah yeah i i you know no no shame that's i didn't resort to that this early because i didn't have to like it wasn't as hard but that's definitely i did that in the end boss for sure oh god yeah that uh, end which boss the, end, is... the end boss is a is a fucking travesty <laughs> like i i'm trying to balance like be positive about this game because you know in the early part where it's fun yeah so yeah. it doesn't just sound like I, i'm trying not to let that like the negative taste it left in me but the end boss of this is one of the worst i mean we're, we're seeing like the, the seeds the of show. it right yeah, yeah. What you're talking about is like having to do that tactic that I can't imagine getting through the emboss without doing mm-hmm. uh, is is 100 uh, percent has its roots here. Yeah. You know, in in, in a dangerous errand, <laughs> the um, like it's uh, so like doing those kind of tricks and stuff. The game allows for it. I don't actually think it's that big a deal. It's just mm-hmm. not my preferred way to go through it either. Yeah. A dangerous errand. The gas station doesn't have 1% mill. <laughs> yeah. so I'll have to go to the, the safe way that's open 24 hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this ends up being like a, a long trek through a series of tunnels full of scorpions to get to the wizard tower. Um, and this maybe takes us to the to the first shared mission that we have. I want to hear about your your chapter three. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Rescue at the Mana Mines. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. What do they make there? The um, So uh, Alduin says, like, hey, the Mana Mines are having trouble. They're being taken over uh, by undead and scorpions, uh, you know. So you head over to the, uh, the Mana Mines. On your way there, this is where I ran into a bunch of bandits hmm. and did my first human-on-human uh, human fighting. And there's some interesting encounters. Um they have uh, a couple setups where they can uh, shoot uh, arrows at you from windows mm. and you can't shoot them back. Um, so you have to find a way of approach. Like this is, you know, one of the more thoughtful combat encounters in the game where it's like, okay, like, can I come up with a way to like, I can sneak into the back of this building, you know, or if I go around the long way, I can avoid any windows so they can't see me and actually get into the door and confront this guy close up, which is not my preferred way, but it's the only way I can take this guy out. Mm-hmm. Some kind of cool stuff like that. Uh, that happens uh, when you end up in the mana mines. Uh, you talk to the, the foreman, and essentially he says, "Like, hey, I've got five men uh, down here with these five different spokes. The, Go down and save them." Wait, the foreman has five men. Does the foreman have five men? Hmm. Um, so, you, so you go, you go rescue one man, uh, and then rescue uh, two man, hmm. and three man, four man, and five man, yeah. um, and seven, eight, so nine. You, get, you go, uh, you go down on these spokes. Um, there are scorpions. This is where you get your scorpion scroll um eventually and uh, the miners will you know follow you out so they're kind of like miniature escort missions they're not really in danger right right um but you kind of uh kind of pull them out one at a time from these things at the end of it um it ends with uh, i believe a necromancer comes in to kind of taunt you but you don't have to fight him yet hmm. so a necromancer encounter i think happens in the next stage wow. was my first one I wonder if they were uh, more comfortable putting necromancers against me because I had the spells that would let me fight him on a more even ground. 
necromancers uh and, and for a long time as a conjurer are serious fucking business yeah um they one shot me pretty regularly mm-hmm. um and i did not because i didn't have elemental resistance gear mm-hmm. and that's what they do yeah. um and before you can actually conjure things when you can only charm things they will chew through any ads that you have oh jesus uh and then if it, then it's just you and them and it's one kind of shitty spellcaster versus a very good spellcaster yeah so it's it's becomes pretty tricky um part of that's on me i did the thing that you you know too good to use syndrome and did not use my elemental and status effect arrows okay nearly as much as i should have like yeah. i ended the game with you know a hundred oh, like geez. different you know like i ended up with tons of tons of extra ones i i should i was being way too conservative with them um and it would have helped out a lot i think because status effects work on bosses in this game yeah which is great yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it was mostly just like fixing the, the mana problem. Like this is where those mana crystals for the world come from, the mana mm-hmm. mines. And uh, thanks to my conjurer, you get mana, buddy. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where's where's your parade? Yeah. Where, where's my fucking parade? Where's Eldwin's parade? <laughs> um, and then the uh, after this, our, our paths converge more or less. Yeah. Uh, with chapter four beneath the field of valor. So this um, happens to take yeah, place. What, what a what a statement of tone. <laughs> or how this this chain you know changes at this point <laughs> beneath the field of valor it's like it turns into a ken, Bur- ken burns is Knox. <laughs> like our way through this as opposed to well, this kind of goofy thing in the beginning well there was a stranger who came into town carrying something <laughs> called a television i figured oh we'd probably t- take him to a wizard <laughs> show him the window to everywhere they called it <laughs> they, t- they told me the soggies wouldn't get into my cereal <laughs> but they did even though i am on a ship and thought myself safe from them god yeah um i've been on a ken burns kick lately <laughs> watching watching jazz oh yeah yeah it's uh it's really good i mean yeah. ken he, burns he doesn't things i'm not interested in interesting <laughs> he doesn't uh he, he doesn't uh need me to vouch for him uh, to say that he's good because he's kind of the, the 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 revered master of that particular craft uh but yeah ken burns jazz is very good cut his hair what's that so he needs you to cut his hair <laughs> he needs he need you, need you to be he needs you Cole ross to be his fashion consultant <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like i have a lot to offer to the burns organization <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think uh Pro- prohibition is up next for me actually oh so. yeah yeah, prohibition will be a little bit more. Um, but yeah, uh, chapter four beneath the field of valor. Uh, this takes you to the uh, the the village of Bryn, uh, which is the site of this old battle uh, for Knox. Um, I think around this time, or somewhere in the future here, uh, the captain is kind of revealed to be this great hero uh, from the initial war with the necromancers, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, after you get through the introduction, uh, he says, yes, um, I end up being the, 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 the Arthur of this world or whatever, but now I'm a, I'm a sky captain in a world of yesterday. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, 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 here in Jandor spared a mage named Hecuba long ago, and now she is kind of, uh, uh, gathering her powers back. So regardless, um, necromancers are a factor in most of these, uh, intros that we get. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hecuba is the one who's kind of leading these, uh, leading these back. You know, necromancers are not just mages who specialize in things related to the dead. They are kind of their own faction who lives off in this forbidden land to the north. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like how uh, they're treated in Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically Sith. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not just, you know, a kind of magic, though. Right. They, they are evil. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you go into this uh, crypt, you know, so the idea here for me, it was just I was looking for uh, traces. The captain told me to find see if I can find traces of Hecuba. Yep. It makes sense. She was here. So you go into a tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, that's under there and you fight a bunch of skeletons and, uh, and, and zombies and ghosts. Yeah. Um, ghosts are kind of interesting, uh, mechanically again. Um, they run up and tag you, uh, which slows you and then run away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's annoying, but they are a support unit for the enemy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you want to go ahead and get them as soon as you can because being slowed sucks. Yeah. Um, but pretty much you're just fighting undead and as a conjurer, you never get an undead charm or conjure. Oh wow! And so you can never. So this area was pretty tough uh, for me, uh, actually. Like, were the were the zombies really tough for you? Because I noticed they would respond if I didn't use fire on them. Yeah, yeah. I, so I had a um, a fire spell at this point. Okay. Um, some of the spells are do similar things, but they're coded differently. So instead of the homing magic missile, I have like fairies that uh, float around me and will home in. Okay. Um, I summon, but I also have just like a fireball. Yeah. And stuff like there's there's a decent amount of event overlap. Between the two, so I could uh, I could fight the the zombies. It was more just the fact that um, spell reserves. Like there are a decent number of crystals here, but I had a, a smaller vocabulary of spells. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the stage was pretty fun, actually, uh, because mm. it is this kind of wacky winding crypt that is full of traps and stuff. Mm. Like uh, I, I liked how complex it was. I liked um, you know kind of finding these hidden passageways and avoiding avoiding these uh, kind of hidden dangers and stuff like, like that was cool to me. Like avoiding the environmental hazards was more entertaining than fighting enemies who could kill me in one hit. Yeah. It, it wasn't bad. It was just tough. Yeah. Like the combat encounters were, were tougher than uh, this was also the first time I remember running into um, one of the annoying things about it is I finished the, uh, the fields of mana. I had a bunch of stuff to sell and for the next couple stages, you don't start out in a town. No, no. So you end a stage, with, you know, with an inventory full of loot you cannot sell. Right, right. Uh, which is very frustrating. So it's like I was low on kind of supplies uh, from the last thing and couldn't sell my garbage that I had. Couldn't pick up new garbage because I was full of garbage. <laughs> uh, so it was just, you know, I, so I appreciate the trap part of it that you do as well. It was just harder mm. combat wise. Yeah, yeah. I think you only go to a town like twice more in the entire game. And they're like there a are smatter- more there are more merchants though yeah 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 it's just yeah. it's it's just weird for as major as that system is in this kind of game that they didn't appear more often you know it's because Paul Giamatti's uh, contract man like he's always getting screwed over yeah so, <laughs> so when you get to the end uh, Hecuba is here and she is kind of raising these zombies up but they uh, but they turn on her right. Um, and Hecuba thinks that I am here to steal her orb. Well, it's my orb. Please give <laughs> it back to me. Yeah, I can't steal what is mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this ends up being, um, you know, the, the last stretch of it is just a bunch of skeletons uh, with their shields. Again, anything that can block in this game is a real pain uh, in mm-hmm. their traps. Right. Yeah. And Blaine and Necromancer. So like after after that she takes off. You don't get to fight her obviously. No, but a necromancer yeah. shows up, and this is the first necromancer battle uh, as the conjurer, um, who is just like a you know runs away and casts spell. He essentially does the the kind of kiting tactic that you do on regular enemies. Yeah. Um, there. So again, pretty tricky, uh, at least for at least for me. They eventually became very doable. Yeah. Um, they also get more powerful. It's not always the same necromancer. No. Um, this one tosses fireballs. Eventually, they get this lightning 
attack that is just hostile. Oh, that like is, is that lightning attack, comes. especially for your uh, for your ads that you can bring in. That's crazy. Yeah, because the way yeah. that works as a wizard is you um you know if you have enough distance, basically the the longer you can stand still while you're charging it up, the more damage you do because it just translates mana points into damage for however many however many people it can uh, chain to. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that would that chewed me up like yeah. pretty consistently. Um, so the boss fights in this ended up like none of them are, are a snooze, at least yeah. for for my playthrough. And though that one ended up being a real highlight is difficulty. I think that's the next next necromancer mm-hmm. that, that I, I run into had that spell. This one just shot fireball, so it was not yeah. nearly as bad. And fireballs but, in this game act like uh, rockets in a uh, yes in a first person shooter. Very much so. Yeah, they have like, like a, you can dodge them like a tight they're AOE. They're not hit scan. Yeah. Yes. Um, so chapter five, uh, Ogre Raid on the Hamlet of Bryn, um, was the name of it for me. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I, the, like, this is just me missing the chapter name and I just wrote something about ogres. <laughs> something about ogres that they <laughs> don't know. Ogres. <laughs> the, um, yeah. So Hecuba has taken off. We're on pursuit yes. at this point. One of the things that's kind of interesting about this game is that like, cause I'm playing at the same time as Final Fantasy four. Uh-huh. And Final Fantasy IV also has a villain who is hunting down MacGuffins, but you are constantly at the disadvantage. Yep. Um, here it is like the whole game is kind of a chase. Yep. You uh, you are not passive in this. Like you you spend the game um, you're hot on the heels and you end the game hot on the heels. Like, you know, you don't let the enemy get away with anything. No. You know, Hecuba never really gets the upper hand in this. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting the way that works out. Like it does underline that sense of urgency pretty well. But yeah, um, Bryn is, again, the site of this huge battle. Um, and ogres are kind of her rank and file, right? They are the 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 beasts of burden that she uses for her own defense. Um, <laughs> so the first part of this level is this village of Bryn where these ogres are taking place. So you have these small skirmishes on the city streets. Uh, for <laughs> me, they have captured Horvath uh, and taken them to their village of Grok Tor. Um, is that different? Did, 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 did they end up taking Arrowin or whatever his name is? Nope. They they took a bunch of damsels. Oh, fun. Uh, so I just had to go get some damsels. <laughs> so it's, it's regressive time in the world of Nox. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm just doing it to be, I mean, again, Hecuba's still involved, but like I'm going specifically to save ladies. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, you know what? Actually, I, I apologize. I misread. Um, I have two things up. I have the Warriors one up for... That's what you do in the Warriors world. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure I noted any serious differences. Um, the Conjurer one, um, I don't. Boy, did someone get kidnapped? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, the Warrior one, you're rescuing damsels, and yours, you're rescuing your your person. I don't think I'm rescuing uh, Aldwin. Hmm. Um, Aldwin kind of becomes like he's not really the person who directs me in this game. It's oh, Captain weird. Crunch. So the um, Aldwin kind of sets it and forgets it. He's an absentee dad. Hmm. So I can't remember what I'm doing to them. Yeah. Uh, just killing ogres for for funzos. Yeah, cl- they want to collect their big shitty axes. <laughs> your, so. your big shitty axes that you cannot use. Yeah, I cannot use and sell for thirty gold. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's not even worth. It's like a, it's like bending down to pick up a penny. Use more calories mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, um, it is a net loss. Yeah, but you're just kind of clearing out this village. It was a net in. loss. <laughs> it was chemtrails. Yeah, yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, you're you're clearing out this village. It gets you access to some merchants and stuff, so that is much needed if you need to clear out your inventory. Uh, but at this point, I had no use for gold really, um, because I was finding everything I needed. So, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Whereas, I, where gold is very important uh, to my playthrough. Oh, well, 
So it's uh, I I really did I I needed that fucking gold. Yeah, give me that gold. Um, but yeah, yeah with yeah. Uh, this mostly ends up being like uh, some woods and some tunnels. Um, the tunnels feel like they're uh, shortcuts, but they are more lousy uh, with these ogres. Um, ogres end up just being upgraded dudes, essentially. Uh, they're trolls that are stronger, but do not leave poison clouds behind them. Uh, but they just end up being uh, like HP sponges. Right. There end up being ones that are more interesting than that. The ones that throw ninja stars. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which show up in a, in a little bit. But early on, that's true. Even though they are um, broken down by gender. Um, the lady ogres, I don't know if this was the same for you, but the lady ogres are weaker than the male ogres. And you start out fighting the lady ogres and then the male ogres, which makes a difference because you find the uh, monster manual pages in a different order. Oh, so like you find the lady ogre pages and you can and that's right around when the male ogres start showing up. Hmm. So there, there's can, definitely degrees. You can summon them. Um, I can I can charm them. OK, so initially, you know, like a, a door would burst open or I'd push through a cave wall. There'd be uh, four ogres, like two ladies and two dudes. I could charm one of the ladies again while kiting them around, uh, maybe with one of my other ads, distracting them, and then charm the other one as I yeah. went. And they were weaker than the dude ogres, uh, but then eventually I could do both. Yeah. Which is great. Um, they're hefty units. They're medium. They take up two uh, slots, so I can only have two of them at once. Yeah. But the uh, the male ogre was useful for a while as a uh, an ad. Yeah. It sounds like it's very similar, though. You go through the village... And then go through uh, the tunnels underneath the village to kind of yeah, bypass yeah. some of the defenses. Yeah, like you get in uh, past the uh, the big wall that separates it and uh, work your way to the town hall uh, where you end up fighting the boss who is a gigantic ogre who can throw these shurikens. Um, yes. Man, this was tough. <laughs> because... Yeah, he's, he's, he's really tricky. Um, you can pull him out uh, from there. So he will he will chase you. What benefit does um, that is provide? What I, um, you can take him back. I took him back pretty far out of the village where there's more cover. Okay. Um, I could go around corners and stuff. Yeah, for me, um, like, so, like that, like all of the boss arenas in this game are like just laced with these uh, with these mana crystals. So for me, it was like, okay, I need to like run around and just hit these points in an order that I can uh, outrun him, wait for him to stop throwing these fucking shurikens at me, and then fire off the spells that I need. Yeah. And we should know the mana crystals just operate by proximity. Yeah. You don't have to do anything with them. So like running by one will juice you up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which, is, which is by design. Like, Taking this guy out further, what I ended up doing, because um, there's still mana crystals near the uh, in the village, just not as many, uh-huh. um, is running down um, like a hallway, waiting for him to poke around the corner, shooting him with an arrow or two, and then running while he was doing his wind up for his charge yeah, and kind of kiting him around bigger kind of buildings. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's different ways to take him out, but he's he these things are really tough. Because shurikens don't fuck around, I guess. No, they don't. Like, and I could not yeah. use them as a wizard. Um, I assume yep. that they are. Uh, they eventually become something that is pretty powerful. For anybody can throw something. But yeah, you uh, you you have the feet uh, sell magical item. So mm. the um, you can you can sell it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, after this, you get to one of my favorite chapter titles, the Halberd of Horrendous. <laughs> um, it, it's like a Mad Max. It's like a Lord Humongous. Like it is oh, a yeah. Mad Max name to me. Of course. Yeah. Um, horrendous ends up being like not being a bad guy, even though he, he was a villain for me, um, specifically because of his anti-mage sentiment. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, like he was somebody who fought in that initial necromancer war, um, right now. So your, your, your mission is to start assembling the staff of oblivion, um, mm-hmm. which is the only way, uh, that the captain knows of, uh, you know, dismantling the rule of Hecuba, 
right? And the yes. first part of it, you know, what you need to assemble everything else is the halberd that is held uh, by Horrendous himself, kind of this lord of the fortress of Dune Mir. Um, yeah. And for me, I need to go in, uh, go into the city through the sewer because wizard, wizards are forbidden, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, um, and essentially you're getting it so she can't get it is the idea. Yeah. Um, and the, again, in a way that kind of subverts narratives, like you, you succeed, mm-hmm. like you, you get the, the staff before she can do it and you assemble the magical item before she can and defeat her. Like in a way this like the macro storyline of this kind of lacks drama because like you kind of just like set out to stop the evil necromancer and succeed at stopping the evil necromancer. <laughs> there's no cost really. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no like rising or falling action. Yeah. You know, to, to it or, or a drama. So like, for us, like, you know, for you, uh, you showed up here and horrendous was, was bad news. He, even though I was casting spells everywhere, uh, he more or less felt neutral to me. Okay. Um, or, or like felt neutral towards me. And the, the difference here, I believe for us. Um, so like when you were in this level, did you, were there warriors coming after, after you to kill you? Oh God. Yeah. This was, this was a really tough knot to, uh, to, to untie. Um, hmm. Just because like everything was hostile to me. And also this is a place where there really were no mana crystals outside of the caverns around the place, um, which meant that uh, like everything was kiting people back to a place of safety where the only <laughs> where I could get the energy that would charge the only part of my arsenal that was effective. Right. Hmm. Um, strangely, uh, the fight against horrendous uh, took place in his throne room where there were plenty of mana crystals. So I don't know what his whole deal was with that, but yeah, this was a, this was a very difficult level that took a lot of time for me. He jerks off to his warriors, licking the mana crystals. Yeah. So it's, it's a real freaky sex thing for him to have mana crystals <laughs> around, even though he hates wizards, you know, <laughs> pretty sure that's him. Um, yeah, the, it plays very differently. Like this is being, uh, Oh, I didn't fight the, um, Oh, I don't believe I fought the warriors in this. I think that it was, uh, uh, being taken over. Uh, oh, at this wow. point, like this was being besieged by Hecuba. So she was trying to get the staff and the really, this actually is like a really fun level uh, for a conjurer because one, it's a big intricate castle. Yeah. Um, you know, to kind of explore with lots of little side rooms and things going on. But yeah, I would find warriors who had joined my party, um, as I went and there were a lot of them. So eventually like oh, wow. I get, got to the point where I was like rolling deep, you know, it's like me and like six dudes would burst into a room and start. Oh Smashing god! Shit. That sounds so much better. I was always, yeah, al- <laughs> I was always alone, uh, and also this is uh, kind of, I think maybe one of the earliest examples of an early two thousand stealth level because, like, when I went into this, uh, the captain gave me a stealth, uh, like, like an invisibility scroll. So like mm-hmm. I would have to cast invisible on myself, uh, but that would dispel if I picked anything up or attacked anybody. Mm. Yeah. So like it ended up being kind of a stealth level. That's interesting. Yeah. Like it's got, it's kind of cool. Even if it didn't work, like it's interesting that they tried to fit that into yeah. this game that doesn't support it. it yeah. I seen your notes that you had the lock spell as well. Does that do, does that lock doors so people can't go through them? Yeah. So they can't chase you as quickly, but it, that did not end up being as useful for me because like I could always outrun all of these warriors. Yeah. So I didn't need to like give myself that much more of a, uh, that much more of a, a of a lead. It's almost a cool idea. Yeah. Right? Like, you poke your head in a door, you see a bunch of warriors in there, you get back out, and you lock the door. It's a, you know, so... It, but, it, it's a function of this whole engine being uh, geared toward this fast pace, just, like, throw as much shit out there as possible. 
uh, kind of mm. approach, um, using that very same engine to do something that is more uh, slow-paced and considered, right? Uh, like you would expect a stealth game with a line-of-sight mechanic to be. Um, mm. It just didn't support it in a way that felt like it was a good choice. Yeah. The um, the ending of this is very different uh, for, our, for our character. So um, you, you mentioned the fight against Horrendous and it being kind of a generic titan fight um with uh as the conjurer and the warrior when you you, know, you fight through hakiba who is uh seizing the place um you both show up at the, the throne room at the same time um lord horrendous does this kind of uh monologue you know about to hakiba saying like you know we don't need to involve our men in this that's not honorable let's do a one-on-one duel um and you like i'll fight you for honor and she just like chews him up like it's you know nothing like kills horrendous and uh, kills a bunch of his men and then runs off. And then you have to team up with some more of his men to go fight, um, I believe, another necromancer hmm. at, at the end uh, and with like a bunch of undead uh, there. But you, uh, you it's she doesn't get the, the halberd like she destroys him. And then you dr- kind of drive her off. You grab the halberd. Oh, wow. And uh, and head back and you get the first piece of your ultimate weapon. Yeah. Um, this for me ended up being just like, hey, you're a wizard. You're scum. I need to fight you. Um, and in the entire kind of fortress area. You are opening up prison cells to, you know, send out beasts who will uh, distract people. Um, mm-hmm. And when you get into his actual throne room where he is keeping these wizards uh, kind of captive, you throw open their cages and they end up um, providing distraction for you. Um, so mm-hmm. it, is, it, it is a group wizard fight. But like throughout the entire uh, stage itself, you are fighting on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. Like, like, like that, that seems... A, that seems like a like a big place where our campaigns in the middle differed. I will be curious to see how the weirdling chapter articulated for both of us. Um, I think I think that they're pretty pretty identical, actually. Oh well. Um, yeah, like I think that this I think that might be the last real piece of articulation. Oh well, because it's doing this nod towards this whole like class conscious, you know, like wizards are this, you know, Dragon Age with yeah. elves, you know, essentially a Dragon Age with wizards, um, <laughs> and then doesn't actually do anything with it. You know, but th- this is like, again, this feels like a chapter from the promised game of having three totally different campaigns to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, chapter eight is the weirdling, which is just another part. We have to find this thing called the weird. Oh, we we did not talk about the heart of Knox, though. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're not there. Yeah, we have to do the heart of Knox, which again, I guess this is like a nod towards the goof, uh, the goof <laughs> factor. Maybe. Yeah, because the uh, so this is the first this is my first uh, attempt me going to the Tower of Illusion. Okay. Um, which, you know, I was, uh, you've been there before. Um, oh, like, I mean, it looks like we actually are, are pretty different. Like I went to the, the tower of illusion here okay, and there are six floors, uh, that are all themed, um, around different things. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I, I skipped all of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. This is, it's very different for me. So like yeah. you go through the, the, you climb up to get the heart of Knox. Um, and the floors have these, uh, they're, they're where classes are being taught. Um, so floor two is advanced invisibility. Uh, floor three is fun with electricity. Floor four is beginning teleportation and cafeteria. Uh, floor five is advanced magic and wizard fashions. And then on floor six is the heart of Knox. That sounds so fun. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty goofy. Um, you fight a bunch of ogres and demons. This is the introduction to demons and demons suck. Uh, In this game, they fire a very high damage fireball. Um, it takes them a little while to wind up with it, but I think it has a little bit of tracking. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the uh, but yeah, this is actually really fun. There are a lot of like teleporters. Um, there are uh, which which doesn't sound fun, but they, they are fun. 
Yeah, I promise. Um, and uh, you find wizards in this tower as well. Um, you know that that is being you know besieged, uh, and uh, they will join you, so you can get some wizard wizard buddies. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fun. Um, I have no idea why they would join you on your assault. <laughs> well, unless... it's because they're because they're being besieged. Like I'm not an assault. I'm not assaulting. Okay. Hecuba okay. uh, is assaulting. So like, yeah, like yeah. maybe maybe it does play more different than I thought because the at least in the uh, the conjurer thing, like you're kind of you're on the heels of Hecuba snatching these pieces right before she can get them. Okay. Essentially, like you're doing the same thing that Kane does in Final Fantasy IV to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like like for me, like I show up at this place, and I'm like, yo, yo, Horvath, I'm your homie, right? And he says, okay, well, here you go. Here's this. But then uh, Hecuba comes in and then <laughs> kills Horvath uh, and then teleports mm. me to the underworld. Uh, oh, yeah. Very different. Yeah. Very different chapters. <laughs> this yeah. fucking sucks, scary. <laughs> uh, because she sends me to hell uh, where mm-hmm. 80% of the, uh, the, the the walkable terrain is lava. So I end up having to uh, jump over a bunch of stuff and, you know, it restricts your ability to move around. Uh, and you're fighting against these demons, against these imps who are throwing the instant kill fireballs against you. Um, mm-hmm. And like, this is the first place where in order to progress, you have to seek out these uh, destructible walls, you know? Mm. So like in a game where I'm walking around completing the mini, completing the mini map, um, <laughs> all of a sudden the, uh, the, the dead ends take on much more significance as I am just like trying so hard and reloading every single time uh, mm. to get through. And again, these imps are so crazy and you drop into the lair of a, uh, you know, a demon Lord, uh, Kylerian, um, who, uh, ends up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ends up uh, sending his imps after you and uh, you have to take him out and then he sends his imps out into the rest of the world and then all of a sudden yes they are a threat for the entire rest of the game mm. yeah no blah yeah I-, I wish i would have gotten to go to crazy wizard town instead of hell yeah yeah i mean it's a uh, i mean there's definitely like somewhere in this chapter or the weird thing i went to a hell okay of some kind i think it might have been in the next chapter so i had some hell content uh, I went through some lava caves with tons of demons. Um, since I didn't take good notes, the um, I don't remember exactly where it was. Okay. So I eventually did that, but I got to go through the Crazy Wizard Tower first, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, no. And pretty varied. That sounds great. I thought by being yeah. a wizard, I would get to spend more time in uh, Mad Scientist Wizard Town. But no, mm-hmm. no, it was just taken as granted, and that sucks. Yeah, that that does suck. Indeed. For for me at the end, there's a, a little like kind of box pushing thing i had to do to get the the heart of Knox, and then uh got out you know got on the, these floor panels i had to push boxes onto you know pressure plates like that classic thing and got the the heart of Knox, and that moved me on to chapter eight yeah so um yeah. something about the uh so we talked about getting that halberd um even for a wizard uh and probably even for a uh probably even for a for a channeler uh that ends up being an infinite durability very strong melee weapon Mm-hmm. And it only gets better. Yeah, yeah. As you go, like I actually like the way that the ultimate weapon of this is not a key. You mm-hmm. know, this is not a uh, like a plot coupon. This is like an actual weapon you'll use that gets better and better and better until a huge payoff <laughs> when, in its ultimate form, which ends up being more or less useless for the end boss. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's useful, but it becomes a key mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but the the run up, the brief period of time which you get to use it at full power just on regular enemies is incredible. Yeah, it's like a uh, gravity it's super gun kind fun. of thing. Yeah, yeah, you just melt through. 
like yeah, hordes yeah. and hordes of enemies. Like it's actually very, very cool the way the game like empowers you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was so even though the uh, the halberd itself ends up, uh, you know, uh, circling around some of the uh, some of the other systems in the game, it was fun to be able to just be a melee god uh, mm-hmm. in the in the final legs of the game. So uh, I have I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chapter eight. The Weirdling. Uh, this is where you go to Chandler Town, uh, to the Temple of Ix, in order to, uh, <laughs> I think, stick your halberd into a pool and lure this uh, magical beast to, like, grab onto it and go for a ride. Yeah. It's a, in a labyrinth. There's, like, little sticks that have little bitey guys on them. Uh-huh. You're essentially making that. Yeah. The Weirdling is a, is a, is a person. You <laughs> sentient. And we're going to use him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, we, you know... So did did you have to go through any rigmarole to get into the the temple? Um, because all I had to do was I talked to Alduin, and this might be the last time he shows up, and he just he lets me in. Yeah, uh, for me, I had to go through like this uh, series of caves and stuff to get in. I think I talked to Alduin, uh, Alduin's like stepbrother or something. His brother definitely shows up in the next chapter. Oh, his brother lives in a yeah, swamp. Yeah. He's got a swamp brother. Yeah, He's got an addict stooge and a swamp brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think I ever I don't think I ever talked to uh, talked to Alduin. I think I went the back way. Mm. Um, but that was like just a just a short dungeon full of wildlife that didn't do too much different or more complicated than the stuff I'd already seen before. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some kind of interesting stuff that happens in here. This is a huge difficulty spike. Oh my god! Um, yeah, these fucking yeah. mimics, scary. These mimics are unfucking reasonable. <laughs> like they are so so hard. And eventually, I get the ability to charm them. Okay. It takes a long time. Oh my god! Every time I fought one, it was a like let's take one back to a crystal. I have to kite it around things. Uh huh. I have to use spells because if I don't use spells, like they will eat up my durability on any weapon or use up all my ammo because they have so many hit points. Yeah. Mimics are insane in this. Yeah. So insane, th- these mimics. <laughs> it's insane. Like, uh, this, yeah. this whole area is kind of full of these, uh, stone hinges, right? Um, mm. and, uh, occasionally they will summon, they, they will summon in, uh, some basic kind of wildlife, but occasionally they'll, they will bring in what appears to be these kind of, uh, eldritch snail monsters. Uh, they don't present themselves as mimics immediately, but that's what they are. Um, and they hit incredibly hard, and they have a lot of hit points. Um, and so, like, I would end up, end up basically just kiting them back to the very beginning of the stage because if they ever touched me, uh, I was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I could I could not tank these things. No. Um. Yeah. So. It is bonkers. A bit of a it's, bummer. It's, 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 it's a bit of a bummer. Like it is, uh, these things are really hard. Um, yeah. It's cool that they're mimics. They overuse them. And that's that's me saying that. That's a hard thing to even, <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't like blue screen trying to say those words. Like oh, it, no, it's really. amazing that I got through saying it. We, we had to edit out the pauses of you just going, huh? Crying. Uh, yeah. Like, uh. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, we, I wept. Yeah. I wept, guys. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what's a little bit more fun to fight are these um, beholders inside the temple, mm-hmm. uh, the Temple of X itself, uh, which will uh, you know initially cast slow on you, which is a bit of a bummer, uh, but, uh, but they are these uh, kind of centerpiece uh, functions of any fight you have inside of that temple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are other kind of like a lot of times there is a piece of treasure be- uh, in these summoning rings. Mm-hmm. Here and as you get close, they'll summon more enemies, and these are enemies seem like they can be anywhere in the game. You know, so sometimes it was just an urchin, yeah, and it's like literally no big deal. But sometimes it would be a mimic or or a beholder. Um, this would have been a good place for me to kill my desire to get everything. Yep, 
you know, if I had this to do over again, I would have not bought everything. Right. Um, no, by this point I was like, oh, that's a summoning circle. I'm going to give that as wide of a berth as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you get to the end of this and, uh, you run into a, uh, I think that there's a little cutscene here, like a necromancer or Hecuba, uh, six, two stone golems on you. Yeah. Uh, and this is tough because the actual, not, this doesn't always happen, but the door behind you does close. Mm-hmm. Um, and the door is kind of shaped. It's kind of funny. It's like a big circle but with a little like straw off the end where you come in if you don't get out of that straw they will corner you in that and you know beat you to a pulp yeah um so you have to get out really quickly get into the room and you can't uh go back into that area but i think there are mana crystals there there are so like you yeah you want to go back into this like area that gives you no maneuverability just to recharge your your spells mm-hmm. um it's pretty tricky yeah this ended up not being too huge of a deal because i was by this point able to uh spam a lot of spells that would do a lot of damage and they were not fast enough to, uh, to really, like, oh, chase so after me. yeah. So like I could recover in a way that let me get enough, uh, kind of like free space in front of them. Yeah. Um, and it's a big deal. It's a big turning point for the conjurer because I think at this point or shortly before it, you get the, uh, the conjure version of the spell mm-hmm. as opposed to the charm version, which allows you to actually summon any monster. You have the monster manual thing for, Oh, nice. and then right after this, you get the monster manual page for these stone golems. Yeah. Which uh, were not, there are more powerful enemies, but these are the ones I used because they were tankier mm-hmm. than enemies I get later. Like there are other higher DPS, but these things have long staying power. Yeah. So I fought them pretty similarly. Um, a couple tricky points of getting stuck in that straw. But uh, for the most part, this was a big turning point in my offensive vocabulary because now I could have a gigantic stone golem or two with me all times, more or less. Yeah, that sounds huge. Which is good for this next chapter, which is such a fucking bummer. Oh my God. Um, the, the, like the, the, so this is the point where the game turns shitty. Uh, to, to, to my mind, because you are making your final assault on Hecuba herself in her in her own kind of homeland, like the necromancer bastion. Right. Uh, but you have to go through this dismal swamp. Um, that is deceptive because the dismal swamp isn't just the swamp. It is the village before it. It is the case before it. it is the long swamp. And then it is also an incredibly long tract of like snowy caves and stuff. Yeah, um, this level goes on literally forever. Yep. Yeah. I'm still it's so doing huge. It. Like, yeah, this I, is, it, it <laughs> has not ended. Everything beyond this point is live commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I was talking about that cheesy tactic of like summoning a golem and just setting them to patrol. Yeah. So we can clear out parts of the level um, because the enemies here don't fuck around. Like there are upgraded versions of zombies uh, that show up and it's like they're zombies, but those things respawn unless you kill them with fire, mm-hmm. uh, which is tricky to do when you're using uh, ads and arrows and stuff. Yep. Um, there are these nymph or these, uh, not is nymph is what I'm looking at, like dryad. Yep. Characters that like seriously don't fuck around. No, no. Um, like they, like they, they will hector you through whole sections of this level until you like corner them and get rid of and, them. And then will o which my, uh, they have a, a function and I don't know if this was just a trick of the AI or if this is intentional, but my ads wouldn't, uh, target them. No, no, because, so, <laughs> because they're deceptive. They like, they will lead you to secrets. But yeah, um, like they, they they act like they are not hostile. But you know, if you present your back to them, then they start attacking, and they are like much higher level than you would expect. Which is a really cool idea. Yeah, in a game with that is slower paced and has more space than this. Yes, right. Like if if this was about exploration, finding this will o wisp, having it take you to a treasure and betray you, that's legit awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a very cool idea for an for an enemy encounter. It's just happening at the same time everything is happening. Yes. So there's no ability to kind of slow down and enjoy it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, th- this, this is pretty rough. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, this is probably the point at which like I stopped being able to ring fun out of the game as well. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it's a big long maze. You do find Eldwin's swamp brother uh, <laughs> here, which I like. Yeah. Um, and he's a, you know, there's an ogre encampment he wants to go to. We've already fought, uh, ogres. There's actually a bunch of ogre encampments mm-hmm. in the swamp. So it's a little bit weird. Um, yeah. but essentially you're making your way to the land of the dead. Yeah. Like, uh, is kind of your goal. This whole area yeah. is just filled with these poison plants. Like if you walk past them, they will, they'll poison you. If you shoot them, they will create poison clouds that last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it, it, it is a real problem. Yeah. Um, and also the, the nice thing about those poison clouds, you can use them against enemies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like as a, as having a, a bow and arrow, like, you know, I'd sit down and I would destroy all the clouds mm-hmm. or all the poison plants I could see from where I was at. And sometimes I'd poison an enemy next to me, which is yeah, yeah. fun. Oh. Yeah. Uh, lots of, uh, like, like side caves, like so many deadfalls. Uh, this is a problem like in a game that has a jump function, but also these, uh, trap doors that you cannot see before you walk over them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like hey here's a cave by surprise yeah uh, you know and and that is that is incredibly common here um and also like for me this is a place where i was fighting a bunch of liches mm, yeah 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 liches do show up in this game which is good from a monster in my podcast perspective like i right, like liches right, yeah but they're they're just tough they, it's a sometimes treat <laughs> you know yeah um uh, you end up going to a, like this tunnel, uh, tunnel complex that is built by ogres. Um, it's kind of neat from an architectural st- uh, standpoint because it's like a lot of uh, like prisons and traps and stuff. But it's mostly mimics and it is way too long. I would have preferred that this was like two levels instead of just the one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Like even just for pacing, even if the game ended up being the same length, yep. if this was split in half, it would have felt better paced. Yeah. And they could have put a town or a merchant. Like this is when you start running into freestanding merchants because – that feels like such a bandaid. Like, you know, we, we couldn't just have you guys not have an opportunity to resupply. So we're just going to put a guy who like has a stall out in the swamp. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but having an actual town with like a little bit of that breather sense between yeah. parts of this would have been great. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get a freestanding Giamatti. Yeah, exactly. Just like a loose Giamatti. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it ends with a fight against two, uh, two necromancers. Yeah. Uh, was how this ended for me, which is pretty tricky. Like, you know, they have that lightning spell. Mm-hmm. And there's two of them that like that insta give to me. It sucks. You have um, to just like get to them as quickly as possible and interrupt them, which is not always uh, not as not always possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, very, very difficult. Again, I have those stone golems, which was nice. Um, they would chew up those stone, go- stone golems, but it would take me, you know, they would draw fire. Yeah. Long enough for me to do things. So it ended up being I a little bit harder, probably on paper, but I had more tools. So it ended up working out. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's lit up that much in the land of the dead chapter, which no, like, no. is your like prestige, big, serious dungeon mm-hmm. in, uh, in this game. And I just like, there are a lot of ideas here. There are a lot of things that I think are kind of cool. It suffers from just an over density of encounters and enemies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there, there's just too many enemies, too many traps, too many things to do. Uh, in it so there's like no no downtime and I, I recognize this is not dark souls or it's not a place where you're like gonna look, walk around and like look at the architecture and think it's really beautiful or anything like that it just it's a pacing concern mm-hmm. like there should have been a town chapter before this there could have been something to like regain my regain my health regain my supplies uh kind of catch my breath and then go into this and it would have been very cool yeah. and it would have like i mean oh you're asking for a town outside the land of the dead like 
that would have perfectly fit in with the tone of the beginning of this game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, it, it's the, here's a like a bunch of villagers who don't, you know, maybe they don't know that they're on the outside of the land of the dead or something. <laughs> like, you could have done some goofy humor yeah. there and made it work, but they chose not to. Yeah, it's not just about it, like the conservation of attention or effort that we're asking for this from a uh, from a tone point of view, right, or a mm-hmm. pacing point of view. It, it it is like a really mechanically necessary part of this as you go into like the last two chapters of the game. Um, yeah. I don't want to feel so disempowered that all of my gear is disintegrating around me and I'm throwing stuff away. By yeah. this point, I want to be a god. Yeah, and they do that when you assemble the staff of oblivion. But they ask a little bit more like that final stretch is a little bit tough. Yeah. And should we know like there are parts of this chapter I like? Yep. It's just it's the question of like, you know, do you want to eat 70 steaks? <laughs> you know, like I like steak. <laughs> yeah. You know, but no, I'm, I'm OK. I don't need to eat 70 steaks. Like it is just too much. You He's know? not done yet. Yeah, exactly. There's there's still gristle and there's a little bit too much gristle. Yeah. Um, so chapter 10, the land of the dead, um, this is where you need to go and like make your final push for the orb to complete the staff of Hitler's green. <laughs> that's a, that's an obscure joke. It is. Some people get uh, that bad boy. So <laughs> that is the last piece of the, uh, of the staff of oblivion, which will let you, uh, you know, put Hecuba, uh, Hecuba away forever. Um, and this is pretty much a gigantic combat dungeon that is also full of more puzzles than you've seen uh, this mm-hmm. game, um, down to the point where you've probably forgotten that some of these mechanics uh, with the physics and the jumping uh, were possible in this engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it has that structure of like, go do the three things like you're you're getting gems or skulls or something to put on uh, pressure plates, yeah. essentially to move forward. So it's got that that hub and spoke section um the puzzles so the moving uh it's actually like the puzzles and traps and stuff actually universally kind of work for me yep now that i'm thinking about it it's the fact that you're doing it at the same time you're fighting um you know high level enemies so like these metal golems show up at first it seems like a boss fight but they're actually not unique right there'll be more of them those things are a pain in the ass they're presented um, as a boss fight but then they just pop up wherever yeah um you know those necromancers show up a lot uh death knights Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like those things are do not because they're so quick. Uh-huh. Like having a, a very, very fast, like there's a slow spell uh, that the conjurer gets. I don't know if the wizard gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, that you cannot, I don't know how you'd beat this without it. Right. Like in, and the slow spell, you don't aim. It just kind of does, it, it goes towards something close to you. Right. So if you cast that and it hits like a rel- like a regular skeleton, like you're kind of fucked. Yep. Like you go into this room full of crypts. <laughs> if it doesn't hit the death knight, well, go to hell. Like, you know. <laughs> Try again. Um, this death night took me a bunch of tries. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, the end boss is worse and we've taken more tries, but I save scummed like a madman through that because it's <laughs> Garbo. Yeah. Um, so the, the, you know, those puzzles work, the encounter combat encounters don't the laser puzzles worked for me as well. Yep. Um, and these intersected in a cool way with the enemies because you could, you know, get these gigantic golems to walk through these lasers and get insta gibbed. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that stuff actually worked. Like there's cool things in here. It's yeah, just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it is like new elements interacting with way too many old elements. Yes, that's um, a good way to put especially it. Especially when they are first introduced. Like, hey, um, introduce this thing uh, on its own, and then bring in the old stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's real. Like, kind of classic game design wisdom, you know. Yeah, and it just it felt like that kind of uh, the style at the time, sacrificing something on the difficult, you know, the altar of difficulty. Yeah, like we need to make this climactic and hard because at the end and people are here really want to like a challenge like. 
it is hard to, you know, hard to talk about or like overstate, you know, that video games for a long time, like challenge was everything. Yep. You know, and this is a real, this is part of that. Yeah. And it's kind of absurd that that like got into the point of like, hey, it's the year 2000 and we're on the PC. Nobody is putting a quarter into any part of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's putting a quarter and people don't tend to interact with games the same way. Like Dark Souls marketing aside, like people don't, you know, see, oh, this is a mountain I need to climb. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, But everything ends up uh, with you getting the orb and assembling the uh, the Staff of Oblivion. Uh, which gives you this gravity gun, uh, this massive lightning rod uh, that will let you destroy most enemies uh, with one single click. Yeah, it's it's it is the the staff of oblivion. It's amazing. Like it chains to enemies. You just kind of sweep it over things, <laughs> and when you get it in a really smart choice, they unleash like like an unwinnable encounter on you. Yep. You know, like like you would not be able to. I cannot see a way of doing this without it. Uh, but you just melt through everything. Like Hecuba is throwing everything she can at you. It doesn't matter. Right. You have the mega thing. Yeah. And then it turns out that Hecuba is insanely fucking powerful and has <laughs> oh more hit points than anything. It's so much. It yeah. is it is it is such a spicy such a spicy meatball, Gary. Yeah, it is extremely not chef fingers. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the opposite of chef fingers. <laughs> so the game ends in chapter eleven, uh called For Me, Hecuba's Last Stand was Peter this... Francis Doracy giving <laughs> me uh Info tapes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, was this called Hecuba's Last Stand for you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, because I, I don't see how the beginning of my chapter would be replicable by a conjurer. No, no, you don't. Um, I just chase her there. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, I don't end up like you. How did you get caught? I, I have no idea. Like, I, think, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I got into the heart of the, like, necromancer country. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a cage. And... To call it a puzzle is really overly generous because, like, inside the cage is a, a scroll that says, hey, teleport out, <laughs> teleport outside, mm -hmm. or, like, get rid of this illusory wall or blink through this wall. So, like, this opening kind of vestibule area is, is just them, like, <laughs> running into a room, sweating and out of breath, like, just handing me scrolls of uh of spells that 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 that, that uh they designed for uh for multiplayer mm. saying like okay well you just need to like maybe do these chores to get to the final boss of this game so you just chased her there yeah yeah you, yeah. you just go into the, the room more or less yeah and and and, and there she is <laughs> um yeah i it's i don't know why they made that different no to, you know that doesn't seem like it's very additive i mean you know we're complaining about the pacing even if it's a simple puzzle, doing a little puzzle before doing this, this thing, because there's a real whiplash sense for the conjurer where it is this huge empowerment of your staff that just melts people and then uh -huh. does, you know, feels like 0.1% damage for every second yeah, God. To, to Hecuba. So oh. this is the, the final boss fight, which is in this weird little, like, like it's, it's a half, like there's a throne room up to the upper right uh, that you can, you can duck into. And then there are these, these sets of cells in the middle and then two like apartment blocks it's like, like on a, the right and left. It's like a Quake Three map um, brought into a Diablo kind of engine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, uh, yeah. So you um, you go through uh, chasing her. Um, she summons things to fight you as well. Um, your staff, the staff of Oblivion, has a charge, you know, counter on it or whatever. Um, and she teleports around. 
And this goes on for like, it felt like 15 minutes. Like it's very, very long. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Um, for me, like I lost track of how much time the actual fight took because it was so much of a quick save, quick load kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had a very similar experience. Like I did a lot of quick saving, quick loading loading because it was so unreasonably tedious. Yep. Like it, it just, it sucked. Um, you know, it just goes on for a long time. She has a lightning spell that does a lot of damage to mm. you, or at least to me, it did. Yeah, no, like she she does it. So for a, for a player character, the lightning spell does damage the longer you stand still while you're casting it. For her, it just seems to do the max um, whenever she uh, fires it off. Yeah, and she she had a little bit of a wind up yep. where she where she had to do it. Um, and so you would I would train the staff of oblivion on her. When I saw her start to do the wind up, I'd run as fast as I could. Um, and that kind of, you know, that was the strategy. It, it was fine. It was kind of a fun strategy. I just did it forever. Like it just took forever and I was getting taxed in my resources because, uh, you know, you do anything for this long, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it just, it's going to take your, take your stuff. Yeah. It's a real bummer. Um, this is the thing where I was talking about the warrior, which is not meant to be a hard difficulty mode. It's supposed to be a kind of the medium. I imagine the sucking balls. Uh, as the warrior, because you can't, you have to be so close to her all the time. Well, she teleports um, pretty much on a whim. There's no yeah. real apparent limit to it, and she will just appear somewhere else in the uh, in, in the arena. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like again, you do that forever. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it, it 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 really sucks. Yeah, it, yeah, one of the worst boss fights we've done uh, for the show, at least final boss fights. Yeah. I think um, there's a there's like a small second part of it where you teleport back outside of the uh, of the temple in the you know the land of the dead or whatever. Uh, this is mostly just like a cinematic thing where you mm-hmm. get a couple of atta- a couple of attacks in on her before it summons up the, uh, the, the 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 final battle. As a as a wizard, it it, it it probably ended up being a little bit easier for me because at some point in those last couple of chapters, you end up getting a, a reflect spell. You know, mm. so you need to grind to level 36 to get the to get wall. Right. Um, yeah. But, um, but you can just like put that up uh, and it's up as long as you're standing still to reflect your spells back to her. So you barely need to use any of your own MP besides that outside of your uh, your or, you know, your staff of oblivion uh, to get it there. So that is like one advantage I have at the very end of this just constant save and reload fest that I had. All the way to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after you after you finally defeat her, um, you get your endings, which are all different. Yep. And um, these ending cinematics. The um so I can speak to the uh the the conjurer one, which is actually pretty cool. Um she gets the upper hand for a second and puts you in a jail cell uh there and uh sets a little switch so the walls start closing and they have spikes on them. Um you shoot her with like a, a beam. Um, it misses her and she mocks you for missing it, but you are actually casting at the ogres befi- behind her, uh, that then come up and grab her arms, uh, and they're going to, you know, rough her up. They start mm-hmm. letting you out. They let you out of the cage. Um, you're about to do things, but she uses her magic to remove the spikes from the, uh, the, the wall of spikes okay. to pin cushion your, your ogres. Hmm. Um, they're flying by you. There's a little bit of humor, like you dodge in like a kind of a cartoon way. Um, and, uh, ultimately you end up killing her. She attacks you and you just kind of like, flip her over uh, past you into the walls that have closed. So she's stuck between them. So she's not impaled, but she's stuck. 
And then mm-hmm. you use the uh, the orb to suck out her soul. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you 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 defeated her at least temporarily, is the way I think that is supposed to work in the like the narrative. Right. The the, the conjurer is like considered to be the bad ending, where you yes. like temporarily put her back under captivity until she comes back out. Yes. Um, and that's probably because it's the easy escape mode. Again, they, they map onto those uh, difficulty modes. Right. Uh, For the warrior, uh, you end up, uh, let's look at the TV tropes. After killing Hecuba, uh, the orb orb opens a portal uh, that sends Jack back home to Earth, scorched but intact and carrying Hecuba's crown. Uh, His girlfriend enters and begins nagging him, but for once, he doesn't care because he's living crappily ever after. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, you, you do get to see him like shirtless and singed. (laughs) <laughs> on his couch like as as she walks up and then you know they show the little trailer that they live in it's very uh very strange yeah um and somehow that's a better ending than you know, I, I don't well he's back you home know. you know he does get he, yeah he does get back home yeah uh, uh for the wizard he ends up uh kind of having this pro <laughs> this very very prolonged mage battle with her like reflecting spells back at her um until finally uh, he shocks her into being a regular person, not a necromancer. Uh, just this like half naked, redheaded woman who does not remember being Hecuba anymore. Um, she says to him, "Hey, you don't look like you're from around here." And then Jack says, "No, but I'm beginning to like it." Ba da 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 da. He's gonna he's gonna be here, live in Knox as a master wizard, and uh, you know, just pork his amnesiac girlfriend. Yeah, take his that's not weird. Yeah. 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 Um Yeah, super weird. Yeah. Um and, and real reminiscent, like early, like very early on I mentioned uh he's like the postal guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the postal guy was not evil. Like this this is very much of its time. Yeah. Like that kind of like, you know, you're going to get the babe uh, kind of ending, which yeah, is yeah. pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. And that's Knox, that which is, is like that is Knox, which is like I can't condemn Knox. No. Right. Like I come not to condemn Knox. <laughs> uh, you know, it, there's enough neat things here that are specifically with the Conjure playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think there's a little neat things in the whole game. Specifically, the kind of innovations, uh, you know, you like learn about these things to, to, to control them, things like that, that are actually very cool. And when it's fun, it's like very fun. Yeah. You know, there are parts where it's like it's a really good action game. Uh, the control scheme, which is very awkward, like people, you know, people listening to this are never going to be able to get into the control scheme because like people can't play Fallout. Like you're, you're not going to be able to play this. This is less intuitive yeah. than that, I feel like. But if you can get past that hump, like it actually works pretty well. Um. And I ended up finding it very fun, but it's it's so past its prime that like I could see this being something that was like one of my favorites, yep. you know, because like if I if I came at it at the right time, yeah, you know, and that time might not even when it came out, it would have been when I was twenty, it would have been like when I was like sixteen, <laughs> you know, and I've just been like, oh man, like this is super super fucking cool. As is, it's like a curiosity that I'm glad I played, but I definitely never need to touch again. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, I never would have played this. Um, it would have looked like a very generic kind of uh, uh, early 2000s, late 90s PC game to me in the in, in the ads. It was before my time as a as a PC gamer. Like I didn't get a real gaming PC until like 2002. And mm. from that point, I was like playing The Sims and EverQuest, the Shadows of Lucklin or whatever it was, you know, like this was well before it. So I'm incredibly grateful um, <laughs> to uh, to Garrett for his support 
obviously, but also for bringing this to my attention because it is an articulation of this top-down kind of tappa-tappa-tappa PC action-adventure game that I would not have come to on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I got very, very tired of it in its last quarter. Um, Yeah. And that was a real bummer, and obviously I had to see see it through to the end because we're we're kind of past the point where we you know shadow of mana uh this stuff right or sort of yeah. mana this stuff um so we're gonna well, go to, to me it never got that egregious and it, yeah. and it has cheat codes too like yeah. so if it got down to that point like we could cheat and we were both saves coming at like pretty hard which is like a, a player controlled right right difficulty right. thing in general so like yeah it never got past the pale for me uh-huh it approached it yeah like but, the end boss definitely approached the pale yeah <laughs> certainly it was it was definitely uh up there with powder um but um you know even as a wizard you know even though gary screwed me and gave me the much harder playthrough of this game not that i'm mm-hmm. angry um <laughs> the uh the, the the mana crystal thing um dictating my movement throughout some of these encounters like that was super interesting and mm-hmm. i haven't like seen that in a lot of other places um so like i'm kind of down with it i don't know that i'm gonna go back and play it play it through you know i'm like the conjurer stuff sounds interesting to me but like not enough to spend time when i have metal gear solid 2 staring me down or dark souls 2 or final fantasy the after years any of that um right but um no this was a this was a good thing to be mandated to stop by because i definitely would not have done it if it was not for the show yeah i think so too it it is that best case like being exposed to something yeah you know which doesn't happen all that like doesn't happen all that often. I feel like it's happened less, uh, you know, in the last like year and a half or so. And I wanted to happen more yep. with with WAF 358 divided by two days. And the um, <laughs> and I think it will, you know, like I, like because of these dictations and because of just like let's go out on a limb and like fuck like let's do Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun. Why yeah. not? You know, like we, we you know the uh, it's the approach that's that's important, not yep. uh, kind of the era and stuff. But I, I even like the era. Like I like doing mm-hmm. this is a weird time for for games and for for PC stuff. So. Yep. Um, very happy to have played it. Um, if it sounds interesting to you, like I, I think I can recommend it. It's a very small investment. Yeah. It's like six bucks on GOG at the most. It's on sale a lot. It runs um, on Windows and Mac. Yeah. It you know, might take you, uh, people talked up like what you have to do to get to run and I was expecting a nightmare. And what that was, was run it in uh compatibility mode, which is one click and run it as what? an administrator, which is another one. We, we, so, we were both running it on Windows 10. Did you really have problems getting it to go? I, I didn't. I'm saying I didn't have problems. Okay. I'm saying that people kind of talked up the problems. I just had to run it as an administrator. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and then like, I clicked clicked <laughs> compatibility mode. And we were both running on Windows 10, but there are other things that can look at, like yeah, your yeah. how many cores you have, and and no, uh, how you know there's other factors that can affect that. But it my my point was it was two clicks to get it to run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was not actually hard. Yeah. I'm, um, like I would say, go for it. Like if you want to see this kind of evolutionary dead end. Um, from the top-down action RPG genre, um, mm-hmm. go for it because there might be something that you really, really w- would enjoy from it. Just don't expect it to live up to the promise that it makes in its opening fifteen minutes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about what I got. Same. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, good game. Like good game. But yeah. you know, sometimes you can have just like a good game that you never. You know, not everything needs to be a lost classic. No. You know, it can just be a lost game that was like pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you very much, Garrett. Yeah, thank you, Garrett. Really yeah. do appreciate it. Um, if you, uh, after this, if you have anything to say about uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, 
uh, don't talk to me or my sons of liberty ever again. Um, yeah, <laughs> please talk Final to Fantasy. us and our sons of liberty. <laughs> yeah, you can talk to our sons and our sons of liberty anytime. Uh, the uh, that Final Fantasy Four or Final Fantasy Four: The After Years. Uh-huh. Uh Hit us up at duckfeed.tv/contact. Yep. Um, and this episode is coming out right before the big change to our Patreon. Um, so watch for those things to happen on July the 1st of 2017. If you're listening to this years afterwards, thank you. Um, but mm-hmm. also, um, uh, <laughs> understand that we are at this kind of, uh, inflection point of, uh, our, our new campaign, a big change to the network as we drop Bonfireside chat, um, and really redouble our investment on watch out for fireballs. At the time this comes out, the first episode of the Bonfireside chat victory lap season yep. has come out. I think that's actually, a you know, similar to the off season episodes. Yep. Um, I think it's actually like a pretty good place to go. If you are not super invested in souls. Yep. I think it works for both, but it's a, uh, it's a generalized conversation that doesn't get too far in the weeds. Nope. Uh, that went, um, I wasn't expecting it to go bad, but it went great. Yeah. I was expecting it to go good. It went great. Yep. Um, you specifically know? we started with bloodborne and we talked with, uh, with our friend, Stuart McGowan, um, mm-hmm. who, uh, sometimes posted under the name kilo, kilo Pascal. Um, it was a very good time, and uh, if you are looking for a way into that series uh, or a way into that podcast, um, I would say there are worse places to check. Yes. Um, that Patreon that we mentioned, um, part of this refocus uh, and kind of like redoubling our efforts, um, that is in the interest to make that more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be I'll be naked about that. Um, I'll be naked snake about uh, <laughs> about wanting to, uh, you know, wanting to be able to have the resources to put do more cool stuff. And we yes. have that stuff laid out. Um, but we need your help to do it if you're listening to this. Um, yep. You know, we we know how many people listen to this and we know how many people are uh, patronized. So uh, what we're asking, you know, we know economics are different for everyone. Um, if you can afford a dollar a month, that's awesome. Um, that actually does help in aggregate. If everyone listened to give us a dollar a month, we'd meet all our, meet all our goals, yeah. more or less. Um, um, as of right now, um, so about 800 people give to us um, and about, mm, let's say, 20 to 25,000 uh, people uh, listen to the show mm-hmm. on average. Uh, that is about 4%, um, you know, yeah. given a bunch of variants based on the game that we play and stuff like that. Um, if we could take that up to 5%, that would actually be a huge, huge deal for us. Um, yeah. So take a look at that and consider um, even the smallest tiers we think have a lot of value to them. Um, and uh, that makes a gigantic difference for us in being able to really focus on bringing you Watch Out for Fireballs and some of the uh, uh, kind of side properties that we do. Yeah. And it would be it'd be awesome to go, you know, and get those those side uh, those new stretch goals, do this full time, mm-hmm. do those extra new shows, which you think you'll like. Mm-hmm. They won't all be file underwater. Right. Like we think you'll actually <laughs> like them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we think that uh, a lot of those shows will be as fun for you to listen to as it is for us to make, as opposed to file underwater, which is really fun to make. But basically, nobody listens. And to. It, it is it's fun for Liam to argue with us about individual <laughs> songs afterwards. And we essentially make it for him. So the, <laughs> we, we, we essentially make it for about a thousand people. So. Yeah, it's you know, it, it is not, uh, you know. But we, we think that they all have kind of broader appeal and we really want to do that, you yep. know, so uh, consider helping out your buddies. Like, yep. and again, I understand if you can't, but just, yep. uh, it, just think about it. Yep. Um, uh, th- that is patreon.com slash TV. Look for those changes that we have made. Uh, we have really juiced some of those low, lower tiers uh, with stuff that we mm-hmm. think is going to be uh, really attractive to you. Yes. Um, and then also, uh, you know, if you can't do that, um, it doesn't cost anything to leave a rating or review. It doesn't cost anything to tell a friend. Right. Uh, but the show, those things are free and uh, help us out a lot, too. Yes. You know, because uh, the people who tell, they might start li- listening to the show and then they might choose to support us and it can kind of 
snowball. Um, we like to give a thanks to people who do help us out. Yeah. Um, so we want to give a, a quick shout out to Brian Pumphrey. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Also, thanks to Alec Dorada Newbie, um, BG Robot in the chat. Uh, uh, oh, one of our mods, I believe. Uh, formerly one of our mods. Formerly one of our mods. R- retired, go. not scandalously, honorably discharged. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Gibbs or Jibs. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch out. Rory's is going <laughs> to cut you open like a. Like a Thanksgiving turkey and eat your, your innards. You will temporarily be one of Wars's best friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, not, I was hoping he'd be an eyesight so he could hear me say your name and actually look up. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, do you, do like, th- th- does he really respond when you say Gibbs? Um, he, he does not like, so his, his number one kind of trigger word for that is uh T R E A T. Uh, mm. but, uh, food or, or Gibbs will also, tend to have him perk up yeah is he uh is he adjusting well to your new space he's like like a champ i am such a i am such a like a i don't know what the word is for it but like i am such a like fretful mother like of him where i'm just like i get so worried because he's old and i'm like at some point he's gonna get like this is gonna happen this is gonna be the final stress he can take and he's gonna like stop peeing and that's gonna be it oh man it's because i i just i worry you know and that's that's what i do and he's fine like he had a really really rough couple of days he's Uh here now i think he likes it more um, cause there's no, frankly, cause there's no Brayton, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, no. There's no, like yeah, they, they didn't get along. Brayton does not like Roars. Oh no. Uh, and, and Roars, Roars does not like Brayton. I mean, in fairness, um, I didn't get along that well with Roars either, but yeah, like, he's, I want he's, him, he's, I want Roars to be happy, you know? He's, he's Sundare. See you fucking jackals. <laughs> I use the word. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty into it, I think. Yeah. Um, the weird thing he only, he, for a little while I was worried he wasn't eating, but he eats at night. Okay. Um, and I think the reason why is I used to have uh, the food in a closet. So okay. we have like a lot of protected space. Oh, this so apartment like is, privacy. This apartment's very weird. Like it's, there isn't protected space. Okay. So it's, uh, there's not room for that. Yeah. Um, but I think he's, I think he's pretty into it because he's, he's seen pretty relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's good. I'm very happy to hear that. He, he yeah, deserves to be relaxed and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also thanks to James Downey. Thank you. Thank you very much, James Downey. And finally, uh, thank you to Eric uh, Akrambout. Arkambout. Arkambout. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Both of you, uh, James and Eric, have very good names. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are fantastic names. Everyone has a good name. Yeah. Let's go around. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, So thanks, everybody. And then finally, you know, listen to our other shows. Um, that's probably about it. This has been slightly longer than I think we both thought it was going to be. Just about. Uh, uh, I don't have any plans. Whatever. Yeah, let's I, do, no, I didn't have let, let's do Metal Gear Solid 2 at this point. Let, 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 let's yeah. just begin it. Yeah, let, let's just do uh let's just do uh let's make up a sequel to Knox. Yeah. Um so we'll we'll see you guys next week. Uh until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um they should watch out for fireballs from my wizard, because that was the only way I was able to be effective. <laughs>
decided fuck it and bought the uh, biggest thing of string cheese they had. Oh yeah. Like this is, you know, I'm going to eat this. Yeah. It lasts forever. So yeah, it's gonna last forever. And it's like, it's a really good quick protein, you know, kind of thing. Yep. It is a, it is a protein candy bar. Mm hmm. That's fun to eat. Yeah. This brand is a little El Dente, which I appreciate. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little bit toothsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get. Uh, I, I was. I was really upset because I used to get the Kraft kind that had the cracked black pepper in it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like the pepper Jack because Jack cheese tastes worse cold than mozzarella does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. just mozzarella with with cracked black pepper in it is delicious. Yeah. But uh, no dice. They don't make it anymore. Check out this uh, this exploding brain meme thing. <laughs> I don't do it all the time. I just bought the string cheese. Okay. For a little while, though, I was just buying uh, balls of mozzarella and cutting, okay. cutting them. Yeah. That is a really good way to get a lot of mozzarella into your body. <laughs> <laughs> like re- regular brain. Break me off a slice of that mozzarella. <laughs> exploding brain. Eating an entire mozzarella ball. In <laughs> Wait, did you get them like in the water? Uh, no. Okay. No, I got the the package ones that were that were dry. Mm. The um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like wet cheese. I don't, I don't want to eat like no, no. Then you like a wet cheese. I mean, you grew up in Illinois, so you probably have like the squeaky curds, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yep. I didn't have anything to say about that. I was just thinking about squeaky curds. And saying, yeah. Squeaky curds are fantastic. You can get them in gas stations and fucking Yeah, no, it's a Wisconsin. Like you get really good cheese curds in gas stations. Just, just rub it in. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. Well you're you're closer than I am. Like I can't yeah, get I suppose, squeaky, yeah. squeaky curds. But the, the closest I am to squeaky curds though is um Well now I sound like the like it sounds like I'm saying squeaky from at this point. It sounds like you're talking about the Kurdish, and I'm yeah. not gonna stand for it actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they, haven't they gone through enough, Ross? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you call them squeaky. Um, 